Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 59. John, how are you doing this Sunday evening? Whoa, do we have a lot to talk about. I'm feeling great, man. How are you doing? Doing all right. Yes, there's been a lot of uh, of talking points that happened uh, this weekend in wrestling. Some that we will cover in depth and some we will not cover in depth. But uh, Right, right, right. Some craziness. Yeah, as you said, a lot of wrestling going on and... We are play, still playing catch up. I know this one's two uh, from a show two or last weekend, still from uh, the Evansville Coliseum. This one tonight we are covering GCW's Red Means Green, and yeah, where would you like to start before the show? Let's start with Masada lighting his motherfucking face on fire. Let's let's start. uh-huh. starting off hot. I see, huh? Yeah, we'll th- yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um. Yeah, I this is the GCW show, and I try not to mention anything else, but it was kind of historic only because it's like it's gonna be something people will look at 20 years from now. Um, it was just a wild moment, and that's that's all I really saw about it. I saw multiple camera angles. I guess someone was even mentioning that the smell in the place was just horrendous because of I'm guessing skin and hair. Oh my god, yeah, wow, that was uh, <laughs> that's. I'm doing better than him. I think oh. we all are. Uh, dude, okay. Because I kind of put some stuff out there every now and then, I actually went through my yearly thing, so I am still healthy for another year. I was really nervous about that, and I lost a lot of sleep over it. And when you hear me stuttering or, like, talking over you, that's when I'm really tired. And um, last night, and I think the night before was the last two nights, I slept well in a long time because I was really concerned and there are no concerns. I'm really happy. Doctors are happy. So, yeah. Clean Ooh. bill of health, John. <laughs> yes. Let's go. That's yeah. that's always good news. That's a good way to start oh. it. We'll yeah, start dude. it off uh, hot and then kind of warm up there as that was the heartwarming. Uh, heartwarming yeah, story. It's good was, to hear, though. Yeah, gummy bears and all that good shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we go into GCW's yeah. Red Mean Green? Okay. Yeah, is there anything else you can think of before we go into that that you know of? No, uh, other than I know we're going to get caught up here before the bamboozled weekend. Um, we have this week to kind of cover the next the next two shows after this one, which happen in uh, Atlanta and Orlando. Um, we're going to use this week to play catch up on it. And then there's no GCWs this uh, coming up weekend. The first uh, near the end of April, the last weekend of April, there's no GCW show. So. We're going to play catch up on uh, the shows that we missed this currently weekend, and then we'll be pretty much all caught up. We'll see if we could squeeze in some of the collective shows that we missed and maybe the Toronto do a quick little, just quick recap. So that way we can still cover every single little show, but maybe not go as in depth for our own sanity as well. We'll see how much time (laughs) we'll see how much time we have uh, in between now and then. Yeah. And we could always trash all that shit and just do another draft. That too, yes. It's possible. We, I don't know, man. We got a lot more faces of GCW here to uh, kind of make some make some draft decisions here. Yeah, I mean, we've got to fight over Commander, Vikingo, Ares. I mean, there's a lot of talent floating in and out of Japan. Oh, yeah. Who's taking Yoshiko? Exactly. See? <laughs> See? I'll, I'll take the DDT heavyweight champion. Yeah, decisions, decisions. <laughs> or metalweight champion, not a heavyweight. But GCW Red Means Green from the Evansville Coliseum in Evansville, Indiana. And 
it's nice to see them back in the and back in the the Coliseum again because last time it was a pretty fun show. I think they had the Ricky Morton. I think that was a uh, one of their few last ones. Yeah, Ricky rock and roll forever. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, so this venue is absolutely beautiful. I mean, that's it's a historic venue also. And the one thing I noticed here was it was a lot smaller crowd giving the size of the venue and that made it look smaller than it should. So it made the crowd look smaller than it really should have. So I kind of noticed that also the crowd was quiet. It was just a reserved crowd. It's the Midwest and it could be like that. So we had a lot of people just standing back or even sitting down and just watching and enjoying the show for what it was. So, you know, it's, it's part of the show to hear the crowd. So I just wanted to mention it. It wasn't as loud as usual. I'm not giving anybody any, any shit. Um, I always use it as a teaching point, man. Go out there, get loud, enjoy your money's worth because you're going to look back on the show and you don't want to think that the crowd looked flat. You want it to look exciting. Yeah, I, I agree with you because the last time they were there, it was looked like it was packed to the raft, like literally the rafters in that place. Uh, yep. There was a bunch of people up top as well. Because I think I'm going to just assume that's where, uh, I think that's where Basisos and Matthew Justice jumped off the top uh, from the top floor all the way down to the ground. And I noticed that too. Uh, I I mentioned to you that when they did the this last Friday show, they had uh, the show at the center stage, and even that crowd was a little bit smaller than last time. But there, it was kind of easier to kind of play off of because it was mm-hmm. um, where they kind of put the camera angle. It was kind of hid a lot of the empty seats. But I I noticed that as well. But as we were kind of saying off cam off the podcast, that is. You're going to get diminished returns if you go there three times within six months or seven months. Like It feels like they've been to center stage quite often. And um, since we started this podcast, which is little under a year right now, they've been to Evansville Coliseum, it feels like two or three times. And then you got yes. places like us out here in Vegas where we got them like one big time. The other one was kind of like a mixed GCW slash VXS show. Um, and it was at a smaller venue as well. So I think they need to kind of start spreading out some of these venues and stuff, but they got a lot of places to go in any, any, well, the new places that they haven't been to um, like Canada and stuff this year, which was had a great turnout. So I think that's a good sign of, of things for them to not just kind of keep going back to places that they think it's cool to kind of start spreading it out and go into these new cities and you're going to get a big, big crowd. And that's your first impression on them. And, the crowd's been turning out and the shows have been awesome too. So I know they want to go back there and kind of pay the favor, uh, pay the, give, Oh my pay God. The fans back? There you go. Yeah. Or fa- uh, pay the favor I'm, back. I'm with you, something. brother. I'm way off. Of but um, yeah. It's all that drinking. That's uh, all, all the, uh-huh. the cherry Coke. That's their is sinking in. No cervezas tonight. But I just think they just need to start spreading it out where they go to and uh, seeing other cities while also maybe making the yearly trips to the, the venues outside LA and uh, Atlantic City, those they should go to multiple times a year because they always, those are like the two home bases. But I would kind of like to see them keep going to uh, like Orlando, they haven't been to. And like that that crowd last night, uh, that was a show that mm. I watched last night was great. The show was great. The crowd was hot the entire night. Um, and that's always fun to see, as you said, those crowd kind of makes the shows seem a lot yeah. better, especially on TV than they would be. So that I did have the same thought, though. That was the one thing I kind of was a little disappointed on was like the smaller crowd size this time compared to last time. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I just I thought it was worth mentioning because when the show came on, there was three rows on camera and 50 to 75 percent of those seats were filled and then they were showing the upper balcony that of the seats i were seeing maybe a quarter or less of those were filled and i'm like 
okay, well, they're going to kind of come in throughout the night. And it did fill up quite a bit throughout the night, especially on the floor. But I noticed up top a little bit more filled out. But yeah, that just looked like it was too large of a venue for the size of the crowd. However, at the same time, for the right price, if you can get that venue and say you booked it and did it, why the hell not? You know, so um, I'm proud that we had another show there for sure. And um, maybe just given a little more extra time, um, maybe the fans will appreciate like more fans will come out and appreciate it because the hardcores were there. The and, brothers and sisters, the fans. And this was also though the same week- weekend, too, that they had the tornado in in Sage, Illinois and yeah. stuff like that. So maybe that was still kind of affected the next night of people playing a safe and depending on, I don't know what the weather was like uh, that night. I didn't hear anything on commentary, but maybe the weather also had something to do with the lower than expected turnouts and what I thought was going to happen. Well, it, again, it may just be, of course, like the venue. We could have seen that entire group shoved into that TNT over in England, the TNT arena. Yeah. And it would have been an entirely different atmosphere because when people are kind of jammed together in a smaller court, they tend to get louder and they tend to get a little more amped up. So that might be what it is. It's like if you're singing in the shower and you sound fantastic and then they put you on a stage somewhere, you do not sound like you used to. And that big old area really, I don't know, it kind of swallows you up. So. Oh. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's just, I ran out of words on this. <laughs> I do this sometimes. Well, we'll go right into the action then. As the first matchup of the evening is a tag team match. As the first team of Axton Ray and Gringo Loco. I loved this tag team pairing. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of always say Axton Ray can kind of be teamed up with anybody in Shane Mercer. Same could be said for Gringo. He just fits in with whatever workers uh, called upon. That he's going to work with at night. And I enjoyed this tag team during this match. And they went against the team of the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang. And like I said, I was really excited to see what Axon Ray and Gringo Loco would do as a tag team. That's two very innovative and uh, workers. And they they did some fun, uh, some, some fun moves together that uh, I wasn't really expected seeing. You know, I'm right there with you. And I'm going to just totally agree. It was nice to see Ray and Gringo together. It looks good. I also noticed that um, that Axton Ray kind of had a different look. He was a little darker. He had the black hair and I mean, just everything was kind of darkened out where he looked more like he looked a lot more like a face when we first met him. His hair was a different color. And now, yeah, he's in a darker outfit, black hair. He's not emo, but he's close. (laughs) One of those kind of things. But same thing with the Bang Bros. Always happy to see them. Fantastic tag team. I don't want to repeat myself too much about them, but we're fans. Uh, Ray and Gringo was working, as you were saying, just a little bit. They had some teams. They had some team moves here and there. I love the double press that they put on both the Bang Bros at the same time. It looked really good. The um, the Bang Bros, though, they hung in very well with a larger and stronger team. They were in control a greater portion of this match, in my opinion. There was a couple nice moves I wanted to mention. Uh, Axon had this killer backbreaker that looked really good. Gringo with a waterfall off the top rope on Davy Bang. There was another like fast paced series of spots. We had the Bang Bros ride the bus on Axton Ray. Then Davey follows up with a poison Rana. And then Axton gave and come up off the ground and he countered with a flipping cross body slam. So that was the first 
GCW chant of the night came off of that. So I don't know. We were probably 10 minutes in on this 14 and a half minute match and the people were coming alive. It was just, it took a little bit. Yeah. I enjoyed how that they started off this match. Um, I, I could kind of see a little feeling out period too between Axon and Gringo. That's just natural. They mm-hmm. don't team together. But I think as the match went on, they kind of find their found their groove. And I think it's also a perfect tag team that to be put it, put it against in their first team, uh, first match teaming up against the bang bros because they also make their opponents look really good the way they go flying around the ring and do a lot of the selling and stuff like that especially with the bigger opponents as they had this evening in Axon and gringo um yeah bang bros once again looked very smooth they just they're so fluid as a tag team they're really fun to watch and i know you said we don't want to repeat ourselves but it's always anytime i get to see them in action it's been fun um especially now in this weekend too i saw two other tag teams i never really saw before until not until this weekend and i'm really excited what's the future holds in the tag division in gcw because they're bringing in some fun tag teams other than outside their normal regular uh uh team bussy and sgc and like the luchadors with gringo and stuff like that the bang bros have been a nice addition main event waves and curls they've uh culture inc is the one that i really saw this week that i was really impressed of and uh Bang Bros were right there when we first saw them, and now they became regular. So it's been awesome to see that, and I'm just really excited what's to come in the future for the GCW Tag Division. So I didn't count it up this time 100%, but I'm sure we came close to probably another eight tag teams or more in this show. We had eight in the last show, right? Yeah. So off the top of my head, here we go. Rejects was one. East West Express was two. Then we have Dark Sheik and SGC. That's three. Billy Starks, Billy Rock, and Cole Radrick, that is a team because of the show. So there's four, but I wouldn't count that as a real tag team. Then we have Los Macisos. That's our fourth real tag team. Jimmy Lloyd and Shane Mercer was thrown thrown around or thrown together primarily. Um, Bussy, there's our fifth. Gilbert and Tommy Rich were put together. That's our fifth, but our seventh or eighth total tag team. And then we opened the show with Axton Rain, Gringo, but also the Bang Bros. We had probably nine, 10 tag teams on this show. Yeah. And like, wow. they're all like super good teams. <laughs> and especially like if you do end up putting Axon Ray with either Gringo or Shane Mercer, like those even wildcard teams have uh, been very fun wow. to see as, as, as of late. And I'm always down to see random, random teams put together for a night just to kind of see how they would gel. And Axon Ray gelled really good with Mercer a couple months ago. And I think he did a really good job as the match went on uh, gelling with Gringo Loco as well. I'll go ahead and kind of cut towards the finish here just for fun. I have the Bang Bros. They go for the 450 splash. It's like a double. They both miss. Axton then shoots a tope onto August. Gringo puts Davey on his shoulders and hits the base bomb. Also, at the same time that Axton Ray is executing the doctor bomb, Gringo then rolls up Davey for three. So our winners in this one was Axton Ray and Gringo Loco. Um, My thoughts just are like, I don't know. Maybe they should be together. Maybe they need a name. I don't know. Maybe that would be, maybe it'd be time to do that. If they, if they end up staying in a team. Yeah, I would, I would definitely love to see it. Uh, that ending was pretty, pretty wild too. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the doctor bomb and the base bomb as well. Uh, it was I, beautiful. My words don't cover it. Like it looks so good. Yeah. And accent. So like, I don't know. I don't want to say deceptively strong. Cause like he, his upper body is building out a little bit through. Like I see the muscles, like, it seems like each time I could see the body definition starting to come through a little bit more. So you can tell he's been working on his body, but he's always, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, has been so strong. And 
so creative yeah. with the way he uses his strength and moves. Um, I, I kind of just hope he doesn't get big enough where he loses his agility. Cause that's another thing. I think it's super impressive when he kind of does like the forward front flip instead of the back end spring into the ropes, mm-hmm. he kind of bounces off of it. Corkscrews turns around and turns into a front roll up and turns that into like a clothesline or whatever. It's pretty interesting to see him come up with these creative moves since he's not a name that we've really heard of much outside of, gcw within these last six seven months yeah we really haven't i wonder how that's gonna kind of turn out because it looks like right now he's you know not too far away from being considered a homegrown talent if he keeps showing up because i think it's been smaller places well it has to be smaller places than gcw but kid's got a good face on him and he can move i have a feeling he could be somebody that could be put into the wwe system actually I see him go in there Ah, I, th- I was about to say too now. I just thought about that. I think he did show up on AEW Dark on one of these shows in the last couple months. I think he had a match yeah. um, with his nor. I think he n- does have a normal tag team partner. Um, oh, I had it off the top of my head. I forgot. It's a uh, it's like a smaller luchador with a mask. Um, okay. Oh, I forgot. But I, I've seen some videos. They were actually pretty pretty good as a tag team. But yeah, Axon Ray's even even that one shot on a uh, dark i didn't i didn't see that matchup i have to go back and check it but if he was able to do just a two or three of some of those moves that he does normally that i've never seen anyone else do he'd be kind of up there with one of those innovative wrestlers like vikingo doing shit that nobody's seen and commander so uh i would would it be surprised if i see x and ray on uh aew programming a little bit more even especially now with the ring of honor and billy starks and nick wayne getting signed uh Maybe Axon Ray will start showing up there as well. For the second matchup of the evening, it is a singles match that I was very much looking forward to. This was uh, a match of the night for me written all over it. It is Brian Keith going against Calvin Tankman. Once again, I know I'm going to say this a billion times, like how we say for the Bang Bros, though. So glad to see Brian Keith in GCW. I, and I'm so glad it's sticking as of right now. Like, I'm not... I am not looking past these moments because I think Brian Keith's on such an incredible role right now where we might not see him on the independent scene for too much longer. And any moment that we can, especially in GCW right now, I'm enjoying it. And I actually went back and watched a match that he had with Jordan Oliver last night uh, in West Coast Pro. And Mm -hmm. that was incredible to see Brian Keith killing it there too. Like He's just all over the place and I just am so happy to see him. And against this match against Tankman, I was ready for a big strike fest and a lot of a uh, lot of heavy strikes going on in this one. And we definitely got plenty of that throughout this match. What was your thoughts on this match? Well, I'll just mention it again, man, West coast pro you like one company. You like GCW. You're probably going to like the other. They have a lot of talent on there. There you are mentioning it again. So last time I'll mention it this show, I swear. But uh, uh, in my notes, I have Keith as well received, but Tankman gets the bigger cheers. This is Tankman's home territory. So it's obvious. Keith started off fast and hard. He was he basically jumped the bell and he caught Tankman by surprise. I'm starting to see a lot of people try to jump Tankman by surprise before the bell rings. It's a smart thing to do. It's a big guy. You don't want him completely squaring up on you, you know, before uh, you, you just want to jump him first. I again, there's my uh, my lost train of thought. Tankman uh, had a great show of strength by grabbing Keith. Then he picked him up and he was swinging him into the corner ring post. It was pretty nasty also yeah it took a lot of strength i'm noticing we're getting a lot of replays i like it it's a lot of good editing on the fly i don't know why we hadn't mentioned it before but good job to gpw for really being on their toes production wise it's so nice to see a replay of the endings 
but it's even cooler just to see a replay of a lot of these high spots. There's just so many that go on. Um, it's really nice. Cause then if, if my wife misses something, I'm like, hold on, just watch, it's going to be a replay. And you know, it's so much nicer. No, I noticed it too. Like the replays, like now, if they know if there's like a couple big spots, they'll go, well, well, they won't do it right away. They'll re- like give it time to let all the spots play out. And then they'll do it. Like when like everyone's yeah, on the ground and yeah. everyone's chanting, this is awesome. Then they'll go back and replay like the whole secrets uh, sequence. And I think it, I've noticed that too, with the replays, it's been a lot better with their timing on the replays. I also love to Brian Keith jumping Cape Takeman from behind and try to get the advantage. Cause that was just perfect. The <laughs> perfect one. And I was like, Holy shit. He's going to like get a quick victory. That'd be so cool. Like, Totally, oh, un- totally unexpected as well. I was really thought that he might pull it off there. So Keith's approach in this match was basically by chopping Tankman down at the knee level first. It's the smart way to go. It's the old fashioned way to go. I like it. I like Tankman's big forearm shot. Also, it basically just knocks out the opponent. I also like it because it gives both performers the chance to breathe. I noticed that's a big thing. You know, Keith's he's laying on the ground back you know, down belly up <clears throat> and uh, excuse me. He's, he's just down there taking it easy. You see Tankman, of course he tells the referee, check him. He's out and he goes over there and you know, they give themselves a good five, 10 second rest, which I think is perfect for Tankman. And I think maybe, maybe that's why he put it in there. Not only because it just looks so damn good, but it's a breathing spot. A better, better than a rest hold. I think too, like instead of just in there with a chin yeah. lock, like, you got a super hard strike there, and then he gets to still, as you say, connect with the crowd and and uh, do a lot of communication with the ref. Like, check his ass, the ref, he's out, and he stands back up. Yep. It's going to be on you now if he gets back up. And I think that is smart for him, too. Like, it's a quick quick breather thrown in the match and a different way to do it other than the classical rest holds. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the headlock that lasts for 30 seconds. Why they... Or a whole commercial yeah, it, break. <laughs> it's a lot more exciting. I think that we can both agree it's definitely a lot more exciting to see that forearm and it has a lot more impact. He has a nice slap to the thigh when he does it just nice. Yes. So, yeah, Tankman also kept showing knee damage in this match and he kept checking it over and over. So there was some good storytelling there. But Keith got his ass kicked for about six straight minutes in the beginning of this match. I'll go ahead and just go to the ending on this one. Keith blocks the Tankman driver. There's a huge backdrop driver. Keith also then hits a big boot into a running knee. He sets him up for the finish. Instead, Tankman goes for a big elbow and he rolls up Tankman for the win. So our winner in this one is Brian Keith. Uh, Tankman was a constant threat throughout this whole match, as he should be. Both men did a great job. That's my personal opinion on that. And I was just really happy again, happy with the the ending the way it was. They show respect to each other. And um, I want to see them both again. I like both men and I won't... Uh, I won't lie about it in any way, shape, or form. So more of both of these at GCW is a big deal for me. I like seeing them both on the card. Yes, and I like these both because uh, as competitors, and I'd also be interested to see how these two would do as a tag team. I think that's a very intimidated tag team there between both uh, competitors. Um, I really liked how Brian Keith did the the roll of victory. <laughs> like, wasn't a strike. It was like a quick little sneak upon, and I think that played well into this match to kind of, as you said. Kept Takeman strong. Takeman looked strong throughout this whole entire match anyway, as he should. And it just showed like, hey, Brian Keats used that one little quick second from something that happened earlier tonight when he hit the pop-up backhand uh, earlier and caught him with a quick roll-up. I liked it. I I enjoy like the quick surprise victories every once in a while. This one was a mm-hmm. perfect time, I think, for that one. Yeah, this was the, ah, gotcha, I'm smarter than you kind of roll-up and win. 
Yeah, and even kind of what was going on. And even Tankman was out being the one to go out there and throw the first knuckle bump to Brian. Like he's the one reaching out for the respects. Like, hey, you got me there. And Brian, he's still scared. He's like, oh, is he still gonna whip my ass tomorrow? No, he's good. Okay. Like, I liked it. I liked very much all of this. And as you said, I agree. I want to see more of Brian Keith and Tankman in GCW. Yeah, we're we're missing hosses every now and then. That's you know personal preference, but every now and then when we can get a hoss or two in to kind of throw some weight around. Personal preference. That's my that's my thing. I'm I'm still waiting for a Haas scramble here. Like we like Holy we gotta have shit. another Haas scramble. Fun. I think Russell Revolver had that in the Vegas show. If I'm not mistaken, they had like, the Haas yeah. Scramble. Was it was it a four way? Is that how that one went, or was it a true scramble? I know it, Jackson was there with a lot. Crash Jackson, Cal Jack. Um, oh shit, I can't remember off the top of my head now. And those two were the ones that stick out mostly. But Willie Mack. Was th- Willie Mack in it? Yeah, I was just about to say, I think Willie Mack was in it as well. That was some big boys. Yeah. I want to see a big boy scramble GCW style. Throw in Mercer, <laughs> Tankman, uh, bring KTB oh, yeah. back for this, because KTB would, would be awesome with that one. There's a name I ain't heard in a while. Yeah, kind of, I don't know. We haven't seen him in a while, but I would like to see him kind of more often too, because he, he was getting good traction with Mercer as a tag team. That will lead us into our third matchup of the evening, which is a tag team match as Team Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie go against Doug Gilbert and Tommy Rich. And I know uh, you have lots of details about yeah. these two, which I'm glad because I've heard of the name Doug Gilbert before. I've never really seen, I think I've seen maybe one or two of his old matches, but um, I've never seen Tommy Rich before, and I, I like how uh, I'll let you say the note toast, but I totally agree with your first note at the end there because, like, that's why I was like, wait a minute, am I did I hear these names wrong? Just like, what's going on here? <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention was that Doug Gilbert, you may have heard that name before from Eddie Gilbert, he was a wrestler for the longest time, and I believe he also did a little bit of work in ECW, that might just be like weird. his brother. Don't quote me, but I do believe that's something that um, that has been done. So, wow, time capsules. I really love it. I loved watching Doug Gilbert and Tommy Rich come out. They came out to We Will Rock You, totally old-fashioned queen, good shit. Gilbert came out with his Ribera jacket on, which I thought was fantastic, nice flex. Tommy looks like Ricky fucking Morton, and I say that in a good way. If you go look at both of them together, the hair, the color of hair, the body build, the height, everything, they should team up because I think they'd be, I don't know, they'd be like the silver blondes or some shit, maybe. I'm not joking. I thought that's where, like, legit, that's why I said, I looked looked up, I'm like, wait, is that Kerry Morton and... That's not <laughs> yeah. who is this? Like, who are these people? I was shocked, and I never, like I said, I never seen those. So it's kind of, I'm glad you're giving me all this information here because I'm going to learn a lot right now because I was thrown for a quick loop there at the beginning. Oh, and um, I'll sneak in a little something for people who are listening. I'll kind of put it in right here and I'll kind of tell you a little bit about it when we get the chance. Um, speaking of good old fashioned older wrestlers out there, I got a little news about a wrestling match that's going to go down with Mike Jackson out here in Las Vegas. And I think you have an idea here, but the age difference is going to be fantastic. Not only that, listen to this. No, no, listen to this. Not only that, not only will it be the, see, you already know. I can't really say too much yet, but not only will the age difference be fantastic historically, but also 
the person who's the younger one of the two will be able to carry the rest of his career that he wrestled someone who wrestled Vern Gagne. Oh yeah, historically, this is huge. You'll wanna be there live for it because you may not know now, but it will be a big deal. You'll be able to see something not a lot of people will be able to see. No kidding, no kidding. It'll be announced eventually. But we're going to see something in Vegas that we're not going to be able to see anywhere else when it comes to, yeah. Is it going to be on the Future Legend show? Oh, that would be hilarious, right? Yeah. 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 He's the manager. Interesting. uh, That's that's going to be an interesting match there. I lost my shit the minute I heard it from the man himself. I went, you got to be kidding me. Historically, this is fucking huge, dude. He goes, I wanted to do this. He says, I wanted to do this because I wanted to give our young guy something special. And I thought that was really, really nice. So we'll, we'll get into it when it's really fully announced, but we're going to see something historic in Las Vegas. And I just want people in GCW to know uh, it's, it involves Mike Jackson. It's going to be a hundred percent worth seeing. Awesome. You will witness history a hundred percent sure of it. You will witness history. Just him being there. We like, go. Just him being a part of that weekend was shock enough. Like that's a name I wouldn't expect to be here that weekend, dude. I remember when I called him and we talked about the fact that I called him. I cannot wait to just eye to eye shake his hand and just tell him how much I love the dude and let him know that I was the stumbling guy on the other end of the phone that just was holy shit. It, he picked up. So that's nice. I'm gonna be looking forward to meeting him for sure. Yeah, yeah, good man. I was going to be like, I hope he's still kicking. And then I'm like, I can't uh, say shit like that. No, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't mean in a bad way. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. hey, you know what? I hope he's still doing his thing. I can't wait to see him. That's, I should have said it like that. I, <laughs> my fucking thoughts are shit. Okay, so going on to, um, you know, what was going on here with Doug Gilbert and um, Tommy Rich. So I'm going to kind of do a little rundown. I like to do the history on some of these veterans. This kind of brings some of the younger people that listen up to snuff on what's going on with why they're here. And then it lets us uh, older folks, quote, we are not old, but older folks as fans, I guess, brush up and maybe learn a little something new about these people that we, we see on our screen. So I'll start with Doug Gilbert. He has 37 years in wrestling. I'm not going to lie. I used to watch him in 1987 on Jim Crockett Promotions and on the NWA. Like, I used to watch that shit when I was, like, real young. So, for me, it's always interesting watching these guys grow older and then come in the ring. And you're like, oh, man, that's... And then you see, as the match goes on, their their body, their muscles loosen up a little. And you're like, I still see glimmers of the dude I used to watch back in the day. So just wanted to mention that, but I'm going to kind of list off their accolades, just the heavyweight um, champions or maybe the tag champions, because the rest is just too damn much. So here we go. We're going to do Doug Gilbert first. He was a six-time USWA tag team champ, a five-time USWA heavyweight champ, the NWA tag tag team champ. He was also a two-time NWA heavyweight champ an NWA Mississippi heavyweight champ, an IWA world champion, an IWA triple crown champion, an ICW tag team champion, a GWF North American champion, and a former ECW tag team champ. That's what we have on Doug. Highly impressive until you hear Tommy Rich's stuff. 
Okay, so Tommy Rich, I have damn near a page devoted to him. There's that much shit. So I'll try to keep it down, but bear with me because the accolades and championships with him are so many that I think my count was around 71 total championship wins. Just just to win the title, let alone defenses and whatnot. So I didn't count up days. I didn't do any of that this time. There was just so much. So Tommy Rich. He's wrestled now for 49 years. Next year, he had wrestled for 50. Started in 1974. He's got 12 years experience on his partner, Doug. He was trained by Tojo Yamamoto. For those who know, he's the motherfucking man. He was also trained by Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett. In AWA, he was the international heavyweight champ. He was the five-time Southern heavyweight champ, six-time Southern tag team two-time CWA tag team champ, two-time CWF heavyweight champ. In the NWA alone, he was the Columbus heavyweight, the three-time Georgia heavyweight, the eight-time Georgia tag team champ, two-time Macon heavyweight, the Mid-American heavyweight, the Mid-American tag team, four-time national heavyweight for the NWA, the NWA national television belt, the Southwestern heavyweight, the four-time Southeastern heavyweight tag team, the two-time NWA world six-man heavyweight tag, the world heavyweight tag for the NWA, the PWF undisputed champion, the SMW heavyweight champ, the four-time USWA tag team, the USWA heavyweight, the two-time WCW world six-man, and the XICW world heavyweight champ. I don't have a tally on that, but that's who is stepping in the ring that people go, who the hell are these old guys? That's who the fuck they are. Respect it. I never knew WCW had world six man tag team titles. That, that was yeah, kind there of the was most some wild shit one there. There was some wild shit at one time back in the day when the USWA. Okay. Long story short, it was a cool thing and it was the new thing to do. It was exciting. There was so many notable people in wrestling at one time that they could load up on threes. It was a thing for quite a while, but then the roster got thinned out. I can't remember around what year and the six man was, it wasn't a long title. Yeah. Good to know though. It was a necessity title. That's something I didn't know. And I'm all for, I I love the six man tag titles. Like I, that's another belt I wish kind of was thrown out there. And I know people say, well, now you got too many belts for all this stuff. I just think it adds a lot of fun stuff with, um, different kind of groups and stables and stuff like that. Like I always kind of picture stable mm-hmm. tag kind of have like five people. Like you always have like the tag team that goes after the tag team. The one person that's the leader, that's going to be the world champion. The middle person is going to be like the intercontinental, the mid card champ. Like I always kind of, and then the manager, I always kind of like the stables to kind of have like enough people to do that. And with the three man tag titles, like that's kind of, especially we kind of see an AEW, like almost everybody's in some sort of tag team or trio or group. And I kind of like that because it causes a lot of, uh, like gang warfare scenarios that could be happening during some of these shows and matches. And that just adds a lot more excitement, a lot more chaos, I think, uh, to these shows as well. My thought process on, since this is just out of nowhere, um, my thought process on a perfect stable would be one that has a leader, <clears throat> a Hoth, a tag team, maybe some type of a, a light, a lightweight, like a luchador, one of those kind of guys. Um, you almost have to have something for each division. In my mind, yeah. a uh, a real a real stable is a credible threat at any time, at all times, anywhere in the show. So shit may pop off during the lucha sections. Shit may pop off in the tag team division. I think it also gives it incredible um, gives an incredible air to breathe, so that you can do anything with it. 
yeah opinion no i'm the same way that's why i kind of met with the stable that's why i had like kind of one person or one group yeah kind of going after yeah. whatever titles available but i've always been a fan of like the trios kind of stuff like i i do think not now but not not anytime soon in gcw unless they start kind of building up a little bit more groups and teams of three kind of like what we see with thrusty and sgc and stuff like that i definitely wouldn't mind seeing trios titles added in but they could also add the scramble and all these other titles and i know people can say it takes away from stuff but i don't i think it just gives a lot more importance to some of these matches that are happening where you don't have to have the world title holder every single show you can main event it with the jcw title and make that feel more important than it might, or might be on the lineup of championships and i just think that championships are a good thing for the fans especially in person to give them a reason and to cheer for whoever they want to cheer, and it just makes each match feel a little bit more important than it would be without a title match. Man, I'm still waiting on that IC title. I don't know what else to call it. That's my shit, man. Something Alex Zane, Ninja Mac, Tony Deppin, um, people like that could chase Commander El Hio, like people like that. And then I'd slap the belt on whoever's going to be on AEW or Ring of Honor, and then I'd see if I could have them carry it out, free advertising every single week. Give it to Tony Depp and let him carry it out on Ring of Honor. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen the belts, but I thought it was cool, at least when Moxie was the GCW world title uh, champ. When he was the world champion, they didn't let him bring the title up, but he was able to wear a GCW like hoodie, I think it was, or a sweatshirt with the GCW logo. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool to have another company represented on AEW. Well, I just, I like to see... It seems like both major companies, WWE and AEW, are both kind of acknowledging that there's this third child out there running around and they maybe need to pay attention to what they're doing. Looking forward to seeing how that all develops. Time will only tell, but I feel like both companies are kind of courting some way GCW. I just don't know how, like what would the McMahons have to say, Brett Lauderdale kind of curious. Cause they take a lot of pictures together. I know part of it is just meeting each other and they're business people in the same business, but well, he used to work I there wonder. too. Like he worked there as like on the on the website, I think. Uh Really? Yeah. I don't know exactly what he did. I think it was I'm pretty sure he used to be part of like uh the behind the scenes on the website somehow. You know, I learned something. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that at all. How cool. Yeah, I was able to provide some some sort of knowledge. There. <laughs> are, are we going to cover the match? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Which one are we on? Oh my God, dude. This is the kind of day I was so proud of myself. I've been getting rest and I got a nap and shit. And I was, um, you can kind of tell. I was about I to say, like I'm, I'm going to start reading today. these notes here in a minute. Holy shit. You're sitting there waiting for me and I'm like, okay, so we're going to go on to the next match. I didn't realize. Oh my God. I'm so sorry, dude. This is the kind of professionalism you all wait, wait to listen to. So, all right. <clears throat> so here's what I have in some I noticed that Bussy jumped the gun early and they fire off on Rich and Gilbert the bell, right, right before the bell rings. They're basically doing the same thing we saw in that last match. It's just trying to get a jump on the more powerful opponents. Effie hits a fantastic whoopee cushion. I only mention it because I'm a Doink fan, like a huge Doink the Clown fan, always have been. I was raised on that shit, so an evil clown to me at the time was pretty interesting. I seemed to carry it through my teenage years, but, you know, I never got a tattoo of a hatchet or anything. Allie with a nice cross... I saw that look you gave me. <laughs> Allie with a nice crossbody. No, dude, okay, listen, I grew up around the Cleveland area, so 
Juggalos out of Detroit was only two hours away. So, dude, that's see, I'm getting that off makes on the sense. subject, but no shit. Like, yeah. So even around the Cleveland area, like there'd be flyers coming from Detroit for ICP stuff. So we would generally know what the next card was before it would drop. So you know how they had the Joker's cards and everything. So usually like I would call my friend because I was up at a place in Cleveland doing a show and I'd be like, hey, the next Joker's card is this. And, you know, it wasn't a time where you could still take pictures yet on your phone. And, you know, people didn't have cameras just in their pockets. I'd be like, yeah, the next Joker card is this. Or I'd just like rip it off the wall and take it home and be like, here's the next one. And like four months later, it'd pop out. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, old Eminem tapes. Yeah. Like cassette tapes. Um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like all kinds of cool shit out of Cleveland. Trent Reznor, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Marilyn Manson originally came out of there before he moved to Florida and did his thing. I must say, out here, that's where I did see my first and only ICP concert was with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like they, they no they shit them and Tech Nine. Yeah, and yeah, that was fun. I yeah, Cleveland, in, yeah. Cleveland, Detroit, dude. We're all poor. It's all like the same area, really. Only some water separates us. No shit. So like Kid Rock, Eminem, all those guys. Like I was listening to Three One Three, and then all of a sudden, like two to three years later, here's. My name is, and I'm like, oh my god, is that the three one three guy? And he's like, yeah, that's Eminem. And I'm like, oh my god, yeah, Kid Rock. He had some terrible music before he made, it. and even now it's like, huh. But the '90s when he really popped off for a while, and his music was like good and really doing its thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, Detroit artists, the whole thing, ICP, like the inner city posse was how we knew them, and they would pass out fucking tapes, not even like CDs, like tapes. That's how long ago the shit was because it was cheaper to produce a tape than it was a CD. And then once computers were able to burn, you know, burn CDs, that's when artists just started kicking out their own shit without having to pay somebody to make tapes. But usually it was just burn off blank tapes. I wish I had half the shit because I'm guessing it was probably Eminem's handwriting or, you know, whoever's was on there. It was probably the artist writing it on themselves. Good shit, man. Yeah. I interesting times. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a whole like it's like tape trading and shit. There's a whole feeling of treasure hunting that comes along finding old VHS. Dude, if I I might actually start buying some old VHS shit again and have you come over and maybe watch some old rainy fucking deathmatch shit out of like the old FMW shit out of Japan is just so much fun to watch. Like OG Tommy Funk. Or Tommy Funk. I'm about to say, whoa, what? <laughs> Harry Funk. Is there another Funk brother out there? I didn't know about. Dude, yeah, I'm just, I'm making up, I'm making up Funks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just went off again on a little tangent. But uh, back to this match here. Effie lays a big kiss on Tommy, which was pretty funny. Then he turns around and kisses Gilbert. Then he kisses Allie. Then he goes fucking crazy. He then kisses referee Perch. Everybody's getting smooched. Rich and Gilbert start choking Effie at one point with his own fishnet stockings. I thought that was a total heel move. But eventually then Effie's pants get pulled down. So Effie at this point has his ass hanging out. He's walking around wrestling with his ass out. Um, Ric Flair style, I think is the best way to put it. But then he eventually just rolls up Gilbert for the win. So our winners in this one was Bussy. And I'm going to go ahead and just quote you here. This was a fun match. And I mean it just for fun's sake. They put on this match so that we could see these two legends go out there and just enjoy themselves one more time. And people like me who grew up with people like this get to see these old guys one more time. And it was satisfying. That 
that was exactly what I was going to say. Like exactly what you just said. <laughs> a fun match. And I'm glad it was a match put together for those two to kind of still get a moment in the spotlight and still able to uh, get Team Bussy over. And it seems like every time they're in one of these Midwest or Mid South kind of uh, places, that Team Bussy is always against the legends or Effie's against a, some sort of legend that's down there. I found that to be kind of a recurring theme lately. And the other thing that's kind of nice is there's going to be a lot of old school burns and interactions with the crowd that are going to be lost over time. Like there was a couple high level things out there that you don't hear a lot of wrestlers say now. Like there was one where Doug Gilbert turned to the crowd and he said, I dare you to shut up. Like it's such a double, like it's such a great thing that I don't know. There's just crowd interactions out there and burns that, you know, people don't use today that like that one there, Doug had to probably get shit on hundreds of times and then came up with that or someone fed him that because fans just used to be so crazy that these old schoolers are ready for it. And our fans do not give it to them. Like people used to want to straight up fucking fight wrestlers, not like just give them shit and we have fun and chuckle, you know, chuckle it up in the crowd. Like we do now, like, Cardona back in the day would have probably eaten some fists from fans. Dude, people used to pop tires, throw rocks, fucking throw throw uh, all kinds of shit. Remember, I think I told you one time that there was a wrestler walking under uh, like this one tunnel. And right before he got to the tunnel, someone dropped a fire hydrant, like a fire extinguisher down on one of the wrestlers and fucked up his career. He never wrestled again. People used to go nuts, man. Fucking wow. crazy. See, like I, cold beer, warm beer, ice, whatever they can find that they throw. I always hear like the pee in Mexico, like they pee in the bottles and throw them in there, or they throw like the actual pesos yep. and batteries and shit. Like that's where it yeah. gets too crazy. But I like I I've said that before. That's why I feel like on these when they go to these kind of places, they do more of the old school, like the heat, and they do the old school mm-hmm. kind of matches. They kind of play and cater to the fans that in that area that's what they grew up on and that's what i've been noticing and i've been enjoying seeing it's a different pace and different style of gcw matchup than what we are normally seeing in a show in orlando or vegas or anywhere else like it's different but it's perfect for that territory so i i still look at everything like a stage show when you watch these guys go out and work the crowd you're watching an old stage show you're watching something that someone else is not going to be able to duplicate there's only one Doug Gilbert. There's only one Tommy Rich. There's only one Rock and Roll Express. They're going to come out. They're going to do their thing, and their thing is unique to them. So you try to enjoy what you can, why they can, because they cut their teeth in a way more difficult and dangerous environment than we have today. We're playing fucking kindergarten compared to what those guys used to deal with back in the day. So enjoy the fan interaction because they've sharpened those pencils over decades. and. If you play with them, they will play back and you may end up finding or hearing something memorable out of their mouths. And, you know, maybe you want to be the last one that was ever burnt by Tommy Rich. Like those things can happen. So with those old Southern style promo guys, you need to have fun with them because they were almost built for that kind of action. And if you don't get under Tommy Rich's skin or Doug Gilbert's skin a little and they fuck with you, like you're not really seeing what they're best known at. Like sometimes fan interaction are what some of these guys are best at and they need to beat ass and talk shit to someone. Like these are the guys to do that with. And I think fans who like to interact with wrestlers, those are the ones you'd want to do it with because they've they've been doing it for years, man. That's the fun. Like if you want to fuck with wrestlers, Fuck with the old guys. They'll fuck with you back. 
I'll, I'll stay away from uh, the, them because I won't be able to give it to them as much as they're going to be giving it to me. Like when Tony Deppin comes, I'll just put my hat away. I'm, I'll just be a spectator to this. I'm not going to get, get involved too much with them. Yeah, I think more wrestlers should grab a microphone and sink or swim. And I think it's healthy for them to sink, 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 because that's how you learn how to swim in this company and quite a few other companies. You, you get eaten alive, man. You're going to learn how to talk real fucking quick on that mic. And that's where those old guys get it from. But yeah, th this was really interesting that it was more of just a chill, relaxed, fun, kind of lighthearted match. Nobody was pulling out, you know, destroyers and flipping everywhere. Uh, the old guys, I think the best way to put it, were, were good sports. Yeah, I, I enjoyed like uh, that spot when Effie went around kissing everyone and then he went to Rich and like faked the kiss and then Tom, or Tom was like, no, no. And then he bit him in the nipple instead. Like, okay, bet you wish for the kiss instead. I enjoyed that match. Like you said, it was fun and I think it was perfect for Doug Gilbert and Tommy Rich as well as for Bussy to get over and still have a fun match for the crowd uh, in Evansville, Indiana. That will lead us into our fourth matchup of the evening, which is Blake Christian going against Myron Reed. Once again, I see Myron back. And I did make a new note here that he's not as uh, not playful like that saying he was playful, but like he used to come out, do like a little dance and stuff like that. And was a little bit more excited for his matchups. And now I noticed like since this little GCW run, he's been more serious. And I enjoy it because it seems like he's take not that it was anything, but I think for character wise, it shows like, hey, the character is a little bit more serious, is more willing to do whatever it's take to win and not just here to have a good time. And I think that's good. And that's, I think, kind of heading into why he's in GCW a little bit more and getting all these little high profile names and matchups a little bit more than he has been as of late. And uh, is that from the Patreon package? No, no, no. I haven't seen one of those in months, honestly. Um, what this is, is when we went to the L.A. show, my son got one of the GCW ones. And oh, okay. I actually like it a lot. It doesn't fit his head because he's a big ass kid. But <laughs> um, yeah, this is one of the ones I'm like, uh, I'm thinking of wearing one once we run the video just for the hell of it anyway. So Ooh. I just found that sitting over here. <laughs> I figured I'd slap it on real quick and show it to you. And then I realized I put it on over my headphones so it looked even dumber. But this was a I was excited for this matchup because I we know Blake can go, and this was I wanted to see Myron because he didn't really uh, get too much action in the night prior with uh, the triple or the three man tag end up being three on two. So this one I was really looking forward to as the, his showcase match for the GCW crowd to show uh, GCW what he's really about one on one, especially with a talent like Blake Christian. I thought these two knocked it out of the park. This was a great match, and I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, I noticed even a little more than usual. Blake was fucking with the crowd. A lot. It was to a point now where I'm realizing if you're smart about it, you can get pictures like right at the time because he'll come over and, eh, you know, that's a great time to get pictures, man. It, you just got to be the one that flips them off. That. That's what he said. Like, it looks like he's, he's he sees you flip him off. You're like, oh, you now too? Okay, let's give you this moment uh -huh. in the spot sign. Yeah, for the fight TV crowd. And, and then in this match, Blake was basically the aggressor early on. This was a faster pace match. This was kind of what I was looking forward to. It was a good change from the last match because the last match was more of a even pace kind of fun thing. You're right with Myron Reed. He's coming off more serious than what I've seen him. And I haven't seen a lot, but I'm with you. Dude is cut. He looks good. He's stronger than he appears. And if he's trying to make a run, God bless him. I'd love to see him do it because he looks like he's primed to do something. I'm surprised. 
actually it's in my notes why isn't myron reed on major tv do you maybe know something that maybe he just likes to work the independence or maybe the biggest where he's at the biggest company i knew he was working with was mlw for a while but yeah um i know he just kind of got done with them recently but i think he was still with them but not really working for like the longest time and they're weird i gotta like go back and relook at their whole contracts and everything and their shows and tapings because like I know, like, they were just, like, a couple weeks ago, they were showing on their... They don't even have, like, a television show anymore. I think it's on, like, Plex, the app. They have, like, their... Uh, on, like, the Fight Network on that app, and they, they have their shows on there, but um, they were showing a show from two weeks ago, but this was, like, from two years ago. Like, it was, like, the Battle Riot from two years ago. It's like, why? But they're showing mm. it like it's a brand new thing that's happened when it's, I've already seen it. It's been out there for the fans. And I don't know. I just, I'm really confused on their pacing on what's really happening now or what's happening in the past. Um, I know they got like uh, RSP and Akira out there and attacked in a stable with Raven, which I think is pretty interesting and makes me want to kind of check out MLW a little bit more. Um, but as far as it goes for Myron Reed, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he is enjoying himself. Maybe he got out of that contract and is able to now start working with GCW a little bit more. I have no idea. I, I don't know. That's like one I don't know because he's not out there too much like on social media. He does like promote a lot of his music and wrestling and stuff like that. So maybe just mm-hmm. trying to spend more time to do music uh, as well as with wrestling. But I think he is super talented enough to be like, I would love to see him and like a team with AR Fox on AEW or Ring of Honors. Oh yeah, that those two I just think would be such a great fun tag team to watch as well. I see a lot of similarities between those two because they're both wow. so innovative. Okay. Well, yeah, and I just I saw him fit in in both places in different ways, so I yep. just I had to ask it out loud. I mean, he has that colorful, fun aspect that AEW has, and he also has enough know how and athleticism that I could see WWE plug him in with a character and off he runs. Who knows? But uh, there was a nice spot here I wanted to mention with Myron. He had this jump over the top rope into a code breaker on Blake. Every time I see someone jump over that corner post like that, I told my wife, I go, you know, there's a lot of moves. It can go bad different ways. I said that move could only go bad one way. And that's if they catch their stomach on the damn post. And I hope that no one does it. Because I watch real close on that. You know, you watch long enough, you've seen almost every kind of injury in wrestling. I'm waiting for someone to fuck up that post. I hope it never happens, but it, it can happen. Yeah. I don't know, man. One, one miscue. And miscues happen all the time. But uh, So I guess I'd say just appreciate that move because that is a very dangerous move. And people don't think what you could do to your stomach muscles if that catches on that ring post. But uh, Blake also jumps on the top rope and he hits a 450. But he finishes with a foot stomp to Myron's head. It was about an 11-minute match. It could have went a lot longer, and I honestly could have seen it as a double main event if they were given time to breathe a little more. There's a lot of upside to both of these wrestlers, and just Blake just fucking delivers, and people don't really acknowledge it too much. I know the fans do, like with the you still suck chance every now and then, but anytime Blake Christian's in a match, it's getting to a point where I'm like, okay, I've got to see this because there's going to be something good in it. Kid is solid and he has not been doing it long. Yeah, that's what we've always said. Like we might not, we didn't like the character when he was trying to turn heel because it didn't make sense. But he's always been phenomenal in the ring. Um, and I, I don't know. I think he's going to make a really good champion here for whatever he does. Kind of if he does make uh, cash it in at some point, I think he's going to be a fun champion to watch in GCW. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had something else. I totally lost what I, what I saw. I saw Nick Gage come out. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Nick Gage came out. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we both agree, though. These two had a good match. They definitely have a lot more left in them, and we both agree we want to see them both again. Yes, sure. I am like I am so behind this Myron retrain. I want to see Myron Keith um, a lot more on GCW, and luckily I'm getting my wish. And I'm not complaining at all. I'm actually being greedy, and I want to see more of it because I think those are super, as you said, super talented wrestlers. That if they're not on TV right now, they absolutely will be here soon. Um, and I just hope we take advantage and book them as much as we can before they do get signed away by a quote unquote bigger company. So. I was just going to basically mention that my next note here was Nick Gage. He came out and he basically announced that it was time for blood. So it was primarily a warning. I don't know if anyone's seen there was a, a paper that was printed out that was put on the uh, the facility that said that this next match, the Los Macisos and uh, no. Oh, my God. You're thinking of Defy. You're thinking of Defy. The Defy. Damn, yep. dude. This is where I'm at. Okay, maybe I need to drink. <laughs> Holy shit. No, that thing which you're talking about, uh, we've seen, cause, and I think it was kind of funny timing about it because I know a company out in, I want to say, Europe, Europe overseas, um, mm-hmm. they kind of got in, got, got in a little trouble. They did a death match and someone got supposedly hurt and they say, hey, no one told us there's going to be a death match and blah, blah, blah. And so they're like trying mm. to sue and call the cops and everything and then it came to find out that the person actually like runs or helps run another promotion that is deathmatch oh, wrestling, and yep. like they knew exactly what they've been because they've been at these shows many times. They like they know what was going on. So as you said, Defy this weekend had SG. I think it was Defy. I could be wrong on the company, but a company did have SGC on the card, and they put a note on the chairs <laughs> like, "Hey, after the intermission, we are coming back with That's the SGC smart. match." And, it will get a little bit more rowdier than normal. So please be safe. Like I thought that was pretty you cool know, and funny at the same time. Here's how I'd handle that. <clears throat> Let's just say you have a kid's favorite, Billy Starks, Nick Wayne. You know what? Take your kids back there. Nick Wayne and Billy Starks going to be signing autographs during the death match. And go that's ahead. take them back there. That's the way to go. That's what we do with our son. That's what we're planning on doing uh, at the he. We're taking him not to the F, uh, GCW show out here, but we're taking him to the FSW versus GCW, and I know it's at their FSW arena, not the Silver Nugget, so I won't get too crazy there. But I know at points, I, like we're, that's what I told my wife, like, hey, if it does get a little crazy, I'm going to you go take him in the back or take him outside and have him go yeah. talk to Nick or Jordan or someone out there because it's going to get a little too crazy up here for him. But I also kind of know, I even know like some of the spots as they're happening. If they go outside the ring, I'm like, tell my wife, hey, get ready to move. I grab her hand and then like mm-hmm. somebody be right on her like, move. I'm like, okay, get the fuck out of there <laughs> before it's nice and safe. So I told my wife, though, if it's uh, this coming up show, she's on her own. I got to move my son before she gets it. <laughs> so she got to put the camera down for some of these matches. Well, we'll all be sitting together. We'll figure something out. Yes. But the next match was... Uh, Going to be a little bit bloody, as Nick Gage announced. It is a tag team death match. Los Macizo, Ciclope, and Miedo Extremo going against a different boy, Jimmy Lloyd, and the Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. Once again, I kind of like that tag team, especially in a death match setting. Uh, Shane Mercer and Jimmy Lloyd in a tag team, I'm all for it. And I know I said earlier, Prax and Ray, like Shane put anyone with it. I'm glad to see Jimmy Lloyd getting somewhere. Um, I don't think it's... <laughs> Don't think it's this night, but the next night we kind of one of my things that I've been kind of asking for for Jimmy Lloyd and being kind of featured a little bit more prominently is starting to happen. And I'm very happy to see it. And this was a good starting point with this match 
teaming up with Shane Mercer going against Los Macisos. I was expecting a bunch of fuckery, and we got it. This was fun. I enjoyed this death match for what it was. <laughs> it wasn't a yeah. not best death match, but I definitely enjoyed all the craziness and chaoticness and all the fun and crazy spots that both teams delivered during this matchup. I noticed Shane likes to ride that fence of pure death match and just like a hardcore kind of, you know, his, his matches are always brutal. Yeah. So I just noticed, yeah, he's the one always giving the damage and Jimmy's the one that can seem to always take all the damage. <laughs> yes. That's what I really one. noticed about dude, Jimmy's tough as fuck. So the mat was littered with chairs and a door before it even started. And then when it did start, basically chairs were being launched at each other. That's just how it started. It's early and Mercer is already taking yeet requests from the fans like a waitress trying to get that <laughs> extra tip. All of the action goes outside. Mercer and Miedo was fighting in the second balcony while Lloyd is getting thrown into a few rows of chairs. There was basically chaos everywhere. There was a nice spot where Mercer was put through a door chest first by Los Macisos. So much going on, it just felt very busy. Los Macisos really know how to make a match feel fun and feel like a fight. I don't know if you've really noticed, and I'll kind of just ask you, um, have you ever noticed that about halfway through or maybe three quarters through a Macisos fight, you almost feel like you get to settle in and it feels kind of grudgy or it feels like you're really watching something that goes, I don't know. It just feels like when you're watching a Los Macisos fight, it's not surface. No, like they're really going to get down and dirty and. And they're going to do whatever, like whenever, wherever. Like that's what, that's what the first thing I've noticed ever with those two. Like I said, I saw them at one of the old deathmatch tournaments at the beginning of GCW and they had a match with each other and they're fucking banging each other with uh, brick br bricks. And I'm like, what? And they're brothers and like, they're okay with this. Right. And afterwards they're smiling and jumping on the light tubes. You could just tell, like, as you said, they have fun, what they're doing and love it. And, I always enjoy anytime I get to see him, as we I always say. Um, I know something happened last night. I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if we want to talk about it last night, but uh, enjoy the Macisos while we can. Uh, Miedo got hurt last night. He, <gasps> popped, no, his okay. he popped his shoulder back out during the match. So, uh, kind of had a man. like. He was like right away. He's like, nope, I'm done. Like, and rolled out of the ring. And then they Joey announced like, hey, he popped it back out of place again. So like I said before, when they lost the tag titles, I thought this would have been a perfect time of you guys been going year, year and a half nonstop since you guys Take been back with GCW. Exactly. Take a little time off now. You're not the champions no more. Go. Like I was like, they should go back home, see family, kind of get their, uh, if they're not, if they're worried about not making money while get that shoulder back in order. Yeah, that too. But while they're like not, running shows and maybe not making money to start running their uh their own show again that they they have out there they got their own promotion out there it's slipping my head off uh what it was called out there but take some time off the one up. at the junkyard or no no they're uh they actually had like a small little arena that looked pretty cool that they had i think that was the night before the junkyard um okay when their last mexico trip um i, I just really think I don't, that's just me. I don't, I'm not talking for anybody. Like they're tougher, way tougher than me. I just, I just figure they've been going so hard. Like take a couple months off, take care. So as you like, we've talked about. Like they've been going nonstop. Just stay at home with the family for a little bit, and then heal up and come back in the deathmatch season and have some crazy death matches and maybe win one of these tournaments. I think one of those two should be winning one of these tournaments coming up here soon. Just as much, I think they've earned it just because of all the hard work they've done since they've been here and literally have wrestled any in any match that has been called upon them, whether it be a comedy match, whether it be uh, 
death matches where they, they work the death match tournament as singles competitors they carry the tag team division for a while had crazy matches in the art of war games with all these tag teams i just really think that they could have took a little break here and rested up because miedo has been seeming to get hurt now not often is he just it's that same shoulder he hurt during the joey janela match um Wait, was it Joey Janela's match during Fight Club? I think I, I know it was outside during the Fight Club night when he had to go back and he came back out and his arm was taped up. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. Yeah, so unfortunately he did get hurt this time, but um, they just have so much fun. That's why I like kind of really feel bad when I saw that him get hurt. It's like selfishly, I would love to see him all the time, but I just know that they've been going so crazy lately that, especially with this injury he's had, that he's just been fighting through it. That it's only going to get worse. And I want to see them kind of come back and recharge and at a thousand percent healthy when they come back and uh, start. So we'll see what happens. Well, I, uh, okay. Follow me. Sorry. Maybe for LA because Luch is so huge. We have a Mexican company coming up for a collective. I mean, we already go nuts for Vikingo. We go nuts for commander. We go nuts for all these luchadors. We had Jap, we had Japanese company come over. That's Joey's love affair. What if we look into maybe doing the collective in LA with one of these hardcore fucking Mexican squads? Oh, like the crazy shit comes up to, to LA. Zona. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Zona 23. One of those. Like, uh, let them come up, give them a platform and well, see LA, no glass. That's uh, that's one thing I was like, uh. ah, <laughs> well, there's, to Vegas, there's glass, to Phoenix. there's glass. They just don't want to go to the UCC center. And I know they did talk about yeah. one of their Patreon podcasts that they are in talks with another venue that they might use occasionally for these situations. And, but they still want to run the UCC center a lot since they have a pretty good relationship with them and could fit probably way more people than they could at whatever other venue that they might be able to do the deathmatch stuff with. I don't know. But I didn't know that that was a comment made uh, by Brett before. You know, all it takes is one person to not sweep up a little area and the wrong person sees it and they complain. You know, that's all it takes. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to see if maybe they'd even put a little writer in there for whatever to just cover the glass every time it's used. And so in case they find something, they don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm also the same guy that says every venue usually has a shop vac. Use a shop vac to clean up glass. And I've seen like two different matches there that had glass, at least two, like or three. Now, if we want to count the Jordan and Atticus, they had a full on glass that they lit on fire and break. Um, yeah, I don't know how that works. Like, who knows? No clue, man. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, I just, I thought it was a good idea because Lucha Wrestling is so fucking hot in the Southwest United States. Yeah. So, there was a spot where Mercer hits a double fallaway slam that looked fantastic. Mercer then goes behind a curtain. He comes out with a bundle of light tubes. Really nice to see. This ended up, though, with Los Macisos winning. They grabbed Mercer and hit a do uh, the Doomsday device on a light tube bundle for three. So poor Mercer brought the damn tubes out and then turned around and got him used on it. But even though this is almost 12 minutes, it felt like a really quick match because of all the action. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of makeshift tag teams. And here we are again with another makeshift tag team. Is it just that we have that many people or there's not enough time and we have to kind of compact them on the show or I don't I, know what it just for fun. What do you think? Is it I, just, there's so many people we got to pack them in. I just think it, I'd be honest. It was probably the weather the situation of maybe somebody backing out or not making it in time. Like our res did um, mm -hmm. the night before and stuff like that. That's what I would think. So, but maybe they're just trying to find two competitors that could have a death match against <laughs> Los Macisos and Jimmy Lloyd and Shane Mercer two that probably could, it did do it and did a fantastic job. And I know uh, 
Bert, a lot of people have been clamoring for Mercer for a while, and Jimmy Lloyd obviously has his own little cult following there that Brett doesn't like to acknowledge. But I mean, it is out there where Jimmy Lloyd gets a lot of cheers when he is out there, and people do do mm-hmm. want to see him a little bit more, even though I know Brett kind of doesn't like to hear that. Um, I I'd really thought too at the beginning of this match that Wanda Mieda or Mercer were going to go flying off the, the balcony. I absolutely yeah, thought so. Yeah. Especially once Mercer had Mieda up. I'm like, holy shit, he's going to eat him off. Like, then I was like, of course, not not Mieda. Like, do it because Mieda's got that hurt shoulder. But he's also the one that took the moonsault battery through the door from Shane Mercer, too. So uh, Mieda's just taking an ass whooping <laughs> in every single match. Um, I do like when he, he did catch a... I think he was holding on to see Clope and caught Miedo jumping off the top rope for that double fallaway slam. You said too, like Mercer's just freakishly strong. It's incredible. I enjoyed this match. It, it was, like you said, it was all over. The pace was fun, and there was action going nonstop. And I loved it. This was for yeah. been in a death match in the Evans Col- Evansville Coliseum. I'm happy for this one, and it delivered and gave me a little touch of violence that I needed kind of uh quench my yeah. thirst on lately yeah we we were really thirsty for a little bit of fuckery and and they delivered in this one and i was so happy because yeah i was waiting for it i think everybody's kind of realized i'm deathmatch pro i'm very pro deathmatch a lot so i love my wrestling but boy do i love seeing shit get torn up i love watching fuckery so i have yeah, like they made go ahead. sorry no go go oh i was just saying they made good use of the real estate yeah nothing yeah uh, I did want to shout out two things real fast. Uh, Miedo at the end when he's like kind of picking the glass off of Mercer trying to help him out was kind of funny. Like you just put him through it and then you're trying to help him out. But that just shows Miedo <laughs> and Ciclope and the Mestizo. I love him. And Jimmy Lloyd bringing out the piss jug at the end to kind of honor piss jug. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was nice. That will lead us into our fourth matchup of the evening as it is a four-way match. And the competitors were Hillbilly Jed, Jeffrey John, Josh Crane, and Coda Hernandez. And I'm glad you got those names because I'll be honest, when I was watching it, I kind of missed it and I didn't know any of these competitors other yeah. than Jeffrey John. That's the only one that really stuck out. I think I've seen Josh Crane. Before. You've seen Josh Crane yeah, for sure. Okay. You just probably don't remember off the top, but he's been everywhere. Okay, yeah, so... I didn't have really any expectations. I was like, I was expecting six people or more, but um, this was a four-way local scramble. And I was like, okay, I was willing to give it to it because last time we saw one of these local scrambles was Atlanta. And they, we've talked about it many times, Atlanta group killed it. And um, that just gives them an opportunity to show out. We gained like two or three favorites that night out of Atlanta's group. Yeah. Because that's, I think, the teriyaki group. Bobby Flacco. uh, Bobby Flacco group. Rico Gonzalez. And, holy shit, man. Good for you. Yeah, Rico. <laughs> and I swear there may have been one other, but yeah, they like lit it up down there. That was a whole surprise. Yeah, I think, you know, I want to think Jeffrey John was in it too. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Jeffrey Dom, Je- Jeffrey Dahmer. I, I almost said Jeffrey Dom. I almost <laughs> said it again. Uh, Jeffrey John, he is, I think, unsanctioned pro out of Ohio. Fuck you. <laughs> He's, he's laughing his ass off over there right now. And I can even see his son laughing his ass off behind there. Yeah. Uh, so I seem to get into this. This is like the Ibushi thing. Once I say it wrong, once it's it's on. But uh, I've never seen Hillbilly Jed or Coda Hernandez before. Jeffrey Don Jeffrey Don. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey John is the current unsanctioned pro hardcore champion. He's also one of Cole Radrick's trainers. That's something I did not know. 
there was a hillbilly tope from hillbilly jed which i thought was absolutely fantastic and i'll just go ahead to our finish because this was only four and a half minutes long there was a hillbilly swanton on to jeffrey john and that was for the count of three our winner in this was hillbilly jed there were jed chants after this i don't know what it is but it just works and people loved it but also i didn't see much or enough of josh and coda so i'd like to see more of them and hopefully we get to see them come back i know josh for sure he's a cool motherfucker i've seen him on twitter he's been really nice to our podcast so yeah i don't know man what do you think it was just it was four and a half like it was just boom boom in and out the big the big one for me is like it was just hillbilly jed was a surprise here. It like, was the Jed match. I, yeah, I I was shocked. I was surprised. I loved it. Uh, next match I want to see is Bojack against uh, Hillbilly Jed. That is the next match I want to see. Bojack versus Hillbilly Jed versus Tankman versus Mercer. Oh no 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 Tankman, no no! Sorry. We got to get all big boys. We oh, got to get all big boys. Uh, oh shit! The way he came flying off for that Swanton was crazy. Like, Stackhouse. Oh yeah, Stackhouse. That'd be a fun one. Yeah, Hillbilly Jed, I got when he went to the top, I'm like, what? And then the way he just like mm-hmm. graciously fell into that, not fell into, like he did it, like executed it, but like it was just so nonchalant and casual, just flipping it right into the Swanton. I loved it. I was like so shocked that he hit it so cleanly too. Uh, yeah, for me, this match was just all about Hillbilly Jed showing out and uh, that was a surprise to see. And I just said, I didn't really see much from the other. So I I don't know. Like, no, I, I would yeah, like I'm to see told- more. Like they got good looks and yeah. like, they, they could do something. I maybe wish there was a couple more people added to the scramble and it was added a little bit more time to see a little bit more from those competitors. But in my opinion, this was a showcase for Hillbilly. I'm happy with it, man. I'd actually like to see him again. I can see why people love him. He's just one of those local lovables. I don't have another way to put it. And uh, I see it. Las Vegas has some local lovables. Indiana has some too. So yeah, they they did keep local love all throughout this show really well. Just wanted to kind of mention that. That will lead us to our seventh matchup of the evening, which is a six-person tag match as the team of Dark Sheik and the Second Gear Crew. Uh, You can say that word. As you said, my son's in the room. I don't want to say that word. Oh, that's right. Um, SG Kunt. (laughs) I like the English version. Like when they call each other Kunt, everybody's a Kunt. You're a Kunt. You're a wanka. A wanka. Wankas and Kunts. Or Kunts. It can't be Kunts. It's Kunts. (laughs) Yeah, so S.G. Kuntz. <laughs> the second girl crew is Manders and Mance Warner with Dark Sheik going against uh, the team of Billy Starks, Billy Rock, and Cole Radrick. And I was interested to see in this match Billy Rock because I mm-hmm. like his face looks familiar. Maybe I've seen him before. Maybe I'm not. I don't remember, but the face looks very really familiar. And um, I did notice the kind of interactions between him and Mercer throughout this match, and then came to find out that he was one of Mercer or not Mercer, uh, Mance Warner's um, trainers. I thought that was pretty cool, and that made a lot more sense as this match went on. And this got crazy. This was SGC. Like once again, this is nothing. Like I don't really have much notes. It's just brawls all over the place. Fun, entertaining. Get the crowd involved. Get blood going. Have a fight. It's fun. Like I didn't really take too much notes other than the Billy Rock being Mance Warner's trainer because that was the, kind of the one piece of information that kind of stuck out other than the craziness of the action during this match. Oh no problem. I think I have you covered a little bit. We'll see here. I'm, we'll go through the notes and find out together. Yeah, Sheik and SGC, they came out together. 
They look good. Billy Starks, Cole, and Billy Rock all wearing matching shirts, each with their own names on the back, covered in black and red. Just they look like a team. They're the home team tonight. Indiana proud. Billy was shining in spots. Billy Billy Rock was shining in spots. He helped train Mance Warner. That's what you were just talking about right there. Uh, tag rules break down, and everyone is fighting outside the ring at about the five-minute mark. Gringo got his fucking merch table stolen by um, by Mance at one point. Chairs are being swung everywhere. There's a spot where Billy hits a Death Valley driver on Mance on a chair, and it looked like as it was like in slow motion. I don't know if you have a chance to check it out. It's really cool because the rotation, the pickup, and everything is in such slow motion that it, I don't know, it looks like it gives it just a little more oomph. Mance was busted open pretty good at one point. Rock repeatedly curb stomps Mance, Mance's face into a chair. Mance looks up and you can see blood running from his head and the chair is covered also. I don't know if you had a chance to see that. Did you? Yeah. It looks nasty. Yeah, Mance was bleeding pretty good during this match. He's he's in the John Moxley category now where it's like you just shake his hand and he might just bleed. I, I like it. I want to I like say it. I was trying to figure out two. I think it was this match. I didn't. Maybe this is where I should have took notes a little bit better notes. But I think I remember rewinding to this match to see where he got busted open because it seemed like he got kicked in the stomach or landed on the stomach on the chair or something and then rolled out. And the next thing we see is his head bleeding. I'm like, what the hell? How's yeah. his head bleeding? Like, it didn't make any sense. Like, did he just go out there and gig himself just to get yeah, that blood yeah, and adrenaline much. going? So that way he's bleeding yeah, like you yeah. said like moxley they just sometimes need the blood to kick it into that sixth career yeah sixth gear. he needed to he needed to do like the the john claude van damme where he sees it and tastes exactly it and ra- rages out that, that's why i was kind of confused on when he got uh busted open yeah i got his autograph and he bled on me one time no i'm just kidding i love mance i honestly do i actually went to a show one time and i go you know what every now and then it's nice to just see a redneck and he's like i know what you mean man because we were in we were in la and I'm like, you know, because uh, I'm from Ohio, like the rednecks are my people. I come from car- farm country. And so every now and then I'm like, you know what? I actually feel comfortable when I see redneck or like, you're, hey, y'all, just just say something, you know, give me a cornbread talk and I'll, I'll be more than happy to talk to you for hours. Yeah, he's one of those ones I drink beer around a fire with. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Someone you just have a good laugh with. I would want to hear all the stories that Mance Warren has to say. Like he's one of those ones I want, I want to see him write a book. Oh, yeah. That'd be a lot of interesting stories in that book. You know, there's a lot of older wrestlers that are sitting on some fantastic books that have never been written. Guys, so many stories that just, they're going to die with them. There's only so many people that are in their 60s, 70s that are right now writing books with all these stories that, you know, like Dutch Mantel. If he don't get those stories out, he's going to die with him, and that sucks. Especially, like, imagine all those ride-along stories. All those ride-alongs that they all did and telling them. them all. Like, that's what I want in a book. You know, I really enjoyed uh, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan's book. It was really good, too. I get a chance. Maybe I'll let you borrow that one. He tells a lot of stories in there, and it's really interesting. Okay. We got off again here. Manders speared his own partner. He speared Mance basically to spear Cole through a door. I don't have a better way to put it. You just have to check it out. There are door bridges that, door bridges that have been made and broken multiple. I won't even name how many. The ending went like this. Mance Warner found a weak moment in Billy Rock and hit him with a huge knee for the win. It was very, very anticlimactic almost. But yeah, our winner's hair was Dark Sheik and SGC. So SG Kunt pulled off the win. Um, Sheik also held up a sign after the match that said, get well, Matthew Justice. We are right there with them. Please get well soon, Matthew Justice. We fucking love you and we miss you. That's the one thing I love about the whole Dark Sheik character. One one night she'll team with 
Thrussy and go against SGC. The next night she'll join SGC and help them out. Like she's just going to all these different stables as well and like fitting in with them. I enjoy I enjoyed seeing uh seeing that little wrinkle uh from Dark Sheik as well. I think they're trying to find Dark Sheik a spot that fits. I think that's what's going on. Do you want to try over here? Let's try over there. Let's see if you fit here. Let's you know. I think she's fit in like everywhere though. I think that's what's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Like, oh, yeah. No matter whatever team she's been kind of thrown in, she's fit right in pretty well. I enjoyed it. Does her thing, no complaints. Every time you know what you're getting when you see a when you see a match from Dark Sheik. So hell yeah. Um overall this is a feel good story with Billy. Nice to see him get some time in the ring. Mance grabs a mic and cuts a huge promo on his trainer slash mentor, thanking him for everything he's done. Now, a little bit of backstory on this. I guess that they were trying to get Billy Rock in a ring for years. So this was his back at it kind of thing. So that's why in the beginning it was a little bit of missteps with yeah. Mance, who was his student. That was just general ring rust. And once he got going, it, it was good from there. But yeah, I'd be nervous too if it had been years. Yeah, that was the only thing I was going to say. Like, I didn't didn't want to make make him note of it too much because like you said it i'm was just, just being honest yeah no no I, was I was, just... no i noticed it too it just was like i thought too it was like okay they really when was the last time billy was probably in a ring for a match and even if so <laughs> like I'll, i'm not saying he's old but like especially if you haven't been in the while the more the older you get the it's kind of a little bit it takes a little bit longer to uh <laughs> grease those yeah. joints and uh get back into the flow of things and i noticed that too right away like oh one step but then by the end of the night it's like oh shit he's like I think he took like a destroyer, I think, or gave a destroyer to somebody. Um, I, was, I was pretty shocked to see. Uh, this was fun. I, I love the chaosness of these SGC matches. Um, I, though, still, I agree with you. Mance Warner is one of those people I think needs to kind of break away from a group for a little bit. They can still be a part of it, but I think I want to see some more single fun uh, matchups for Mance Warner kind of moving forward and a little bit more meaningful matches as well. You know, I'm with you there. Um he has the capabilities. We've only seen a couple singles matches in a while, and what he does produce is fantastic. I'm hoping that we get to see more out of him down the road. He's got a good team, but I see what your point is. Your point is, is you're saying, hey, it's time to take Mance to the next level, and he looks capable. His promos are awesome. He's got the gold. He's got the uh, old cold, Stone Cold kind of delivery. Everybody wants to hear, oh, hell yeah, drink a beer, da-da-da. That, that connects with a lot of people. I really am surprised that they don't have Mance on the microphone more down south. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that, like being in that area. Yeah, for sure, we'd get way more <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, so I just, yeah, I uh, I love seeing them, but I see your point, and I don't know. I don't know what that's about just yet. Maybe they're just all friends, and they like working together, and I have no problem with that either. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, what yeah. I... You get to go get paid and start a fight and brawl all over, get some beers and yeah. all of the night and do it all go again after the match still. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, it was a great step forward to see Jordan's first title defense up against Mance Warner. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a legit title. Look who they came out with first. You yep. know, Mance Warner, who again was not too far fresh off that, that uh, rumble win. Uh, well rumble, but yeah, you know, the win over there at the, retirement show there's a show i'm happy i didn't talk about the main event on that shit was brutal rick flair fucking almost died on us dude that was a scary one to watch dude the whole time i was like this motherfucker dies oh my god like i felt no i'm serious like because he was showing signs of, of distress at a couple of spots and then you found out later he passed out like two three times or some shit yeah 
I was just gonna say, like, just in that event in general, that Bunkhouse Brawl was like, I thought I had probably one of the more no- coolest moments I think for GCW, just having that them the invasion. Kind of invasion, yeah, and long live GCW. I thought that was the coolest thing. Like, I that's mm. up there for me. Then the Hammerstein kind of uh, the video package heading into Hammerstein, I thought was so cool when they announced the Hammerstein show. I and I, I mean, that's what my wife talks about. That all stop like all the time about how cool it was seeing long live GCW on. Oh, I lost my shit when oh, they yeah. actually did that. Like the long, that's partially why I still put that on the bottom of some of my stuff. That was the moment I will remember from that show outside of one Ric Flair moment. Yep. Is the music hit and it's just long. The minute I saw long, I lost my shit. I, I think I remember the story. The now. I was yelling <laughs> I was, I heard dong yep. and I lost my shit. I'm like, stop, stop. I'm like, oh, and get down here. Get down. And they're like, what's going on? I was like, the fucking invasion is happening right now. Like I was expecting chaos. Yeah, it was really well done. I, uh, I would, I had an idea for that. I thought it was cool that there were a couple people in that ring that were also GCW that didn't identify as yeah. GCW. I would have loved to have seen that music hit and some of the people in the ring take off their shirts and it's a GCW shirt. And we were already, we already were, had invaded. They just now know it publicly. That would have been how I kind of, there was infiltration basically. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the story about the the truck too. They said that the truck got overtaken, the production truck. Oh, really? No, I missed that part. Yeah. So before they came out, there was a report from Prazak like five minutes before they came out. Oh, I'm here and our production truck got taken over by somebody. They that said that on commentary? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to, I'm making a note of that. I have to go back and see. Fuck that. yeah, dude. That. Listen, listen, listen from when, as early as you can that you feel comfortable with leading up to that. The minute I saw Prazak get on the mic, I'm like. Like this was during the actual match that already started and then like five minutes before the show. No, we're talking as the show's going on. They're giving these things like someone. It was something like someone breached security. And if I remember, there was a second or the first message was something happened with the production truck. Someone took over the production truck. It was like so WCW style. I loved it. Wow, that that really, yeah, that's I'm made a note of it. I'm going to go check it out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And only an old fashioned fucking fan of shit like that would have known to call it that way. So, yeah. Someone put a little thought into that. I'm kind of curious how that's all going to go. Uh, but what I meant to say is I'm kind of curious how that could have been built upon. That's why I thought it was there, kind of building to some stuff. I thought it was GCW putting down their stamp as the number three company. And I felt that all the other companies would have probably jumped in line. GCW should have cleared house easily won that thing even a little quicker than before. And I don't know. It did make some from cool. Spots, I'm talking so. into it. I'm talking into a tunnel. It was a fantastic. It was a fantastic show. Um, the only thing I really remember that I was saying that I'll remember is the part where I saw Ric Flair on the ground and Andrade's trying to put the fucking brass knuckles on him and he's shaking. And I saw him literally have to put him on for him. That's when I was like, oh, this ain't good. And then he was having a hard time putting on the figure four. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. And then at the end, you could see that both of their uh shoulders were down so it was technically a double right. count out but they didn't you know they kind of let it play out how it did because he was just gassed out yeah totally gassed out i do have to go back and check that out now catch that for the gcw yeah man you may even have to watch from early early on okay for our eighth matchup of the evening we have shigahiro iria 
or Erie A. Sorry, I got it. I, Erie I A, it. you're kidding, I dude. It. I heard it, yeah. I must say, I actually heard it last night, Erie A. I was like, shit, I keep saying Erie or Erie A. Erie A. Um, going against Tony Deppin. And I was really looking forward to this matchup. I wanted to see Shingo in a nice struggle going against Tony Deppin. Um, Shiggy is one of these ones, too. I want him to come back from from Japan a little bit more often out here to GCW. I think he fits right in. Like he's there's like four or five new ones now that I'm just like they they belong and they keep on getting booked, which shows that other people believe that they belong and I'm all for anytime now I can see Shiggy, I'm in. Uh I've now taken that role too of calling him Shiggy just to be kind of safe and easy. Um you know, they actually said that during the match, too. I don't know which one was doing it, but somebody was also calling him Shiggy. So I felt justified that it's okay for us to call him Shiggy. Okay. They did, too. Oh, yeah. good. But, I think it just works. It's like a fun name. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, was that rapper Shaggy? But Shiggy. I like it. Yeah, Shiggy. <laughs> um, this was a fun one, though. I enjoyed this match. Uh, Tony did his damnedest and did a very good job putting over uh, Shiggy here. And Shiggy... Kind of had his way with Tony Deppin too when it was time, which I really enjoyed because it got to show uh, all his strength as well um, that he has that we haven't really seen too much of as a uh, in his first couple matches in GCW. But I enjoyed this and this was a fun match for I think this was the co-main or not co-main but the one yeah right before the main event it was fun. Yeah, I don't want to call this the warm up because there's no such thing as a 15 minute warm up, but it was a very good match. It started and Deppin was talking crazy shit to fans. You can't hear it. There's not really microphones capable of picking up a lot of the sounds down in that area. I kind of hope that does change when we get a chance because I feel like we're missing a lot of shit talking. And when it comes to heel characters, that's part of what that's part of their act. But uh, Shiggy comes off much stronger than Tony, and it's obvious from the beginning. Chairs come out early in the match. The fight goes outside early also. Shiggy seemed to be the one in control in most of this match. He has a fantastic pounce. We talk about that and I'm really happy that someone sticks to that. Also in the show, I don't know if you noticed, but someone said they need to have Monty Brown show up at GCW. I'm in. <laughs> I am in. I said this last, I, I, I should have saved this, the, the comments I made last podcast for this podcast. Cause this is one where he hit Tony Deppin with the pounce. And like, I think it was Dave Prezak or um, was who was on, was it Nick Knowledge? No. Um, uh, ooh. Uh, let me let me get you an answer, man. You go ahead and do your thing. I'll get you an answer. Yeah, one of the announcers, though, screamed like the old school, pounce, period. I was mm-hmm. just like, that's where like my ears perked up. I'm like, hold on, wait, Monty Brown? Where? Where's the Monty Brown side? And like, I have always been a giant Monty Brown fan. Even when he was Marcus Corvon, I enjoyed him then. Um, he's one name I really, really wish that kind of didn't just get sick of the business and kind of would have right. kept on going because I loved his enthusiasm. His promo work was fucking awesome. I used to just walk around like just screaming, pounce, period. Like pounce. I loved it. I push a motherfucker over. Oh my god, yeah. That's how I would have started doing at Comic Cons and stuff, just pow, blowing him out of the way and screaming that out. You know what? Yes, you could start dressing up like Monty Brown. Uh, my favorite color's the- red. I'm good. You're already there. So you get you know? the leopard or tiger prints on it. That's it. Oh my god. Oh god. That's a sight. <laughs> but yeah, whoever made that comment on commentary, I loved and enjoyed it because so I'm a giant Monty Brown fan. It's Dave Prezak and Nick Manawa. Okay, so that's who I'm it was. assuming Nick was the local local guy. I don't know if he's out of Unsanctioned Pro or one of the other companies. Yeah, they did a really uh, good job though during uh, throughout this night of 
making a lot of cool yeah. uh, old school kind of callbacks to I think back to specifically to like the Team Bussy match they did a lot of cool stuff on uh, Gilbert and Rich as well. So Devin really didn't do that much in this match besides being a living rag doll. I think that's the best way to put it. The match, I'm okay, I'm not going to lie. The match for me I would like to have seen just a touch shorter. I feel like the last five minutes, and this is personal opinion, I felt like the last five minutes wasn't doing anything different than the first 10 minutes. So maybe I would have tagged that five minutes on that four-way. I was laughing at the total Midwest, you suck eggs chant. I thought that was just fantastic. It's so (laughs) corn-fed that you suck eggs. Okay, so our ending in this one, we had a Shiggy suplex into a Northern Lariat. Moments later, then he hits another lariat for the win. So our winner, again, Shiggy here. I didn't realize that if you hit someone with a lariat from behind, it's a northern lariat. That was my first time knowing that. Now I'm wondering, are all moves from behind considered northern, like all top ropes or avalanches? Northern light suplex. Yeah, was that from behind? I don't know. I think so, right? Oh, see, Uh, now we're on to something. Now Now we're in that. Now we got some notes to take for the next show. Yeah, but serious, like I'm trying to figure out, like, how does that get done? I know there's probably like one person out there like, ah. <laughs> right, yelling at us. I enjoyed this match. Though, like, as you said, I just I, the one thing I think it were dragged. It's kind of when the Tony's kind of doing his theatrics. When I, I don't think this was the match that kind of called for as much as he did. I know there's some of these matches, especially mm-hmm. against the older wrestlers, just, as we say, slow it down, let the match breathe, get the booze. Um, I don't think this was one of these matches that needed that to be done. I think Tony Deppin could have done everything and kept a more consistent flow during this matchup to get Irie uh, over um, without doing the totally unnecessary in-between moves prancing around and doing it. But I know why he's doing it for the heel heat, and, and I know he's trying to do that to kind of get more pop for Irie, but I just think this was one of these matches and Irie is just good enough where if they just went go, 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 he could have gotten himself way more or way over without the theatrics and the match would have felt a lot better paced. And this is my opinion. I enjoy this match for what it was anyway, but um, I felt with you that uh, when you wrote uh, kind of uh, was a struggle near the end. I was like, yeah, I kind of felt that too. I didn't feel like it kind of dragged on a little bit. Um, yeah. Watching it. No. Oh. I had a little time to look up the old Northern Lights suplex. It is done from behind. And usually when that suplex is done, they push them over. And then if you arch your back and you do like um, Nick Wayne does, yeah. that's your, um, oh, what the hell is it called? It's the uh, Northern, shit. it's the uh, the bridging Northern Lights suplex. That's what they call it. The bridge that okay. was done by uh, basically like the perfect plex. Okay. Almost from uh, Mr. Perfect. So I don't know. Maybe you learned something. And I'm almost <laughs> wondering if the bridging Northern Lights suplex that's used as a finisher might be something that Nick Wayne picked up from Mr. Perfect, like as a fan. Wondering now. Yeah, just so you know, if it's if it's Northern Lights, it looks like it generally is from behind the person. I'm don't don't 100 percent quote me, but from what I'm seeing, that seems to be how it goes. So anything Northern looks like it's coming from behind. And I'm sure there's an exception to that rule. But yeah, no weapons, no blood, just pure wrestling. Like I said, it could have been a little bit of a shorter match. Shiggy goes for the handshake and Tony flips him off like the fucking heel he is. I love it. So that's, yeah, that was our, uh, that was our match right before our main event. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad Shiggy did get the win. Uh, Cause I know the following week he had a uh, title match with Jordan Oliver for the JCW title. So I thought this was a good way to help build momentum and kind of, 
get the crowd, the GCW crowd that might not be too familiar with Shiggy, uh, a little bit more familiar with him and stuff to check him out because with the victory, obviously, in this performance against Tony Deppin and his big match against a crowd favorite in Jordan, uh, they might be a little bit more want to go out of their way to check out who Shiggy is before his big matchup. And I'm glad he got the win and Tony Depp. And I'm kind of glad he didn't shake the hands either. I thought we were going to do one of these Brian Keith, uh, take turns and do a little dance and show off to the crowd. And I'm glad Tony <laughs> Depp and kept it old school. It's like, fuck you. I'm out of here. I enjoyed that from Tony. I actually have been enjoying a lot of, uh, not just in general, like for, for a while I have, but like more than lately, I've been enjoying Tony Deppin's work more and more because he's like the perfect asshole. He knows when to, pick it up and went to kind of uh not do it as much and the crowd just always reacts to him no matter what so okay i won't even mention yeah i will joey's on twitter janella and he found a hole in a wall oh jesus christ that's, and he said that's, would you oh my god <laughs> yes but then he's pulling down his pants and i think for our main event it's an average size hole <laughs> oh jesus this is one of those gone? nights, dude. I don't know. We've really devolved these last show, this last show or two. It's really my fault, but I'm going to bring it back one day. <laughs> All right. Our main event, my friend. Main event of the evening is for the GCW tag team titles, Ooh. which I loved, by the way. I'm so glad that the tag titles was the main event. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen too much of it. Even sometimes it gets thrown in in the middle when it was like Los Macisos having the belts was kind of thrown in the middle. So uh, having the tag team titles in the main event, I loved it. And it kind of made the Swex Express a little bit, put them on a bigger platform and a little bigger of a pedestal here in for main event in their first show as the tag team champions as they defend the belts against John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley, the rejects. And I was, like I said on last podcast, I was watching this little nervous here that Jordan and Nick might not even get a successful title defense. I uh, thought maybe they were going to start pushing John Wayne Murdoch for... I don't know, because it feels like we haven't seen him for the last couple shows until, like, last one. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't see him at all during L.A., um, which was kind of disappointing. Um, I don't know. I, I just had a really sour feeling in my mouth, especially because, like, the last time the Rejects were in this place, they wrestled. That's where they just had their comeback against uh, the Rock mm-hmm. and Roll Express. So, I, I don't know. I just was piecing some together, some stuff together, and I was not liking where it was leading me to um, for Jordan and Nick's first title defense. But I enjoyed this match, and I did enjoy how it kind of catered to both teams' strength. It, it, it like, gave both teams a lot of time and a lot of uh, spots to kind of showcase their own talents and get them more over with the crowd. And uh, I enjoyed this match. Obviously, this was fun, and I... Wouldn't want to see the rejects get a title shot for a couple more uh, title defenses here because I don't know. I just have a feeling that the rejects are going to be a force to be reckoned with here coming up with death really? matches. I don't know. Summertime death matches coming up. I don't know. I just have a feeling John Wayne Murdoch's going to COS and TOS coming up again. This might be John Wayne Murdoch's time. I okay. Every time I see Murdoch, I miss Cologne. I would like to see a surprise entrant, and that be Cologne. Well, I don't know if you've seen some of his tweets he's been making lately. It's, uh, yeah, it's teasing something. I just don't know what. So you did see what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I um, I would like to honestly see Murdoch and Cologne get back together again because I think they had a really good thing. And I don't think it was over. I really feel like Cologne just needed to do what Cologne needed to do. And I feel like um, 
I'm hoping that Murdoch is ready to catch him when he's coming back. I, I do want to see it happen. If he does, it's going to be a fucking hero's welcome. They might as well just throw roses down before he even starts walking. He's going to be looked at like fucking royalty. Three Pete. See, and that's, that's, fucking, where, oh. that's where I think he and John are done, though, because I thought it was like perfect timing with everything that's kind of gone on and his way. John finally winning this tournament um, and not Alex, I thought. And the, I know the match wasn't as long as we kind of hoped for it because they went to fucking crazy death matches. Um, but I, I do. I think that was kind of like the WrestleMania moment, the good payoff of the yeah. rivalry between. Uh, those two, but I think they would absolutely quickly could pick it right back up and everyone would still be invested as they were back then. That's like one of those lifelong uh, rivalries, especially in death matches where you got probably the current so at that time was Alex Sloan, but now since he's, his time's been off, maybe it is uh, John Wayne Bardock's time now. And I think you could kind of play a lot more still into that uh, with the roles kind of being reverse of John Wayne Murdoch now being the leader of the death match scene and, Alex Cologne having to earn his way back into that spot. So I, I, okay. I got a couple of different ways of booking this. I would book it as Murdoch loses the rejects again, uh, you know, a match Reed kind of bullshits with him, fucks with him a little bit. And then Cologne comes in and, you know, tells Reed to fuck off. That's his partner. Like that could happen. Um, again, a surprise entrant would be absolutely wonderful. We need to start looking for one because I have a feeling that might be, how that goes on but yeah man i mean who, who else you're gonna have that would be what tremont like you have to have some big names in there and alone <laughs> i miss him that's yeah. what it is no i agree some man some man love i miss him dude we oh. we kind of were expecting uh, some time off too but I, I i don't know how long to expect i was actually kind of thinking the way he was talking maybe he is done done with it he's yeah, done every, yeah he's done everything that he needs to do so i i mean i wouldn't hate him if he did do it but as selfishly i do want to see him back in the ring more so uh these little teases that he's been kind of posting on twitter has been interesting and kind of uh grabbing my attention as of late well i mean if you think about it from the performer's perspective you know you have to live your life you have to have your job you have to make a living so you know while you check in and watch all your friends on friday and saturday nights putting on killer shows and you know that after the show they're going out and having a good time and there you are falling asleep at 10.30 on the couch, getting ready to go to your regular job the next day, and all of a sudden, wrestling sounds good. Wrestling sounds I good mean, right now for me. I don't want to do my shitty job tomorrow morning. <laughs> I get that. I get that. So I'm I'm with you. I'm trying to enjoy every East-West match before they're done. I always say it because I think it's important for fans to know, and we have, we have core listeners, but every now and then we get some new ones, and those new ones need to know. You know, we're not going to have Nick Wayne forever. Please enjoy him and this team while you can, because I don't know what's going to happen after this team is done. I also don't know who they're going to pass the title along to. Kind of interested. There's a lot of tag teams out there right now. Honestly, I think this may even be building to that tag team tournament. Uh huh. I'm down for uh-huh. that. You, you were the one who you were the one who came up with that first. I would definitely like to see a tag team tournament thrown in there. I mean, you got the J. Like, if you're going to have the death match tournaments, you got two of those a year. I think that JCW tournament was awesome, and I think that somehow needs to be replicated every year because that was a fun weekend of shows. And I, I was, I don't think I've been more emotionally invested in matches in a long time with GCW as much as I was throughout that whole tournament. Almost every single match had some sort of layered story put into it, one way or the other, and I loved it. And I think, as we kind of talked about, all these new 
even the new tag teams coming up based on whatever territories are uh, going they're picking up some fantastic tag team wrestlers out there and i think they could have a awesome tag team tournament for the titles or future shots at the titles one way or the other i i would be super excited to see kind of a, a tag team title and if they kind of want to still branch it back into jay briscoe somehow of some sort of briscoe cup and kind of cup thing i wouldn't mind making that being the yearly tag team tournament and a yearly way to honor jay briscoe of what he did for your company and your tag team titles aew stole my fucking reach for the sky idea yeah like, I would have been a millionaire, man. See, I had like the tournament that kind of led off and like ended off. Like you had, you had the name and everything too. Like that reach for the sky was perfect. That's why when they announced it, I'm like, John, you see this? Like um, those motherfuckers. Yeah. Like I still think they should do some sort of like tag team tournament. And then, um, yeah, just kind of have like three different, like three different kind of sections of matches where the first one's a ladder match or the last one could be a ladder match. First one's traditional second one gcw extreme like all over the place i i think that would just be kind of a cool way to highlight everything that they did in their ring of honor career as well as gcw and all the fun matches that they had in that short short amount of time that they were wrestling for gcw okay so i don't know if you noticed but there was a spot where i think it was reed bentley tried to throw oliver out of the ring and you know how you normally you'll see a man throw the other man out of the ring and he kind of goes between the bottom and the middle rope and falls out I don't know what the hell happened, but he threw Oliver towards the ropes and Oliver hit it flat like Spider-Man hits a fucking building. And you hear him go, ah, it's in the beginning of the match, dude. It's hilarious. Okay, I'd have to, I'm watching it now. I'm t- I haven't seen that spot yet, but I'm watching it now. Yeah, you'll literally see him just kind of like hit the ropes like something foreign had happened. The, um, the fight goes out early and this was what the rejects wanted. We got the mean green split screen going on. Bentley sits down in a chair. He grabbed a hat and a drink. At one point, he just tried to be a fan. I thought that was entertaining. East West looks more in sync than ever before. Now that I've seen them enough, I can see the adjustments in their timing. If someone goes off a little wrong here and there, you can literally see the other guy make the adjustment. They make it look so damn good. Oliver had a nice Batista bomb on Murdoch. The rejects with a hero's welcome on Oliver almost got the three. A door bridge was made. The rejects set up Oliver for a Judd Nelson driver, only got two. And then our winners here was the East-West Express. They hit the double clout cutters on Murdoch for the win. Yes, it was the Judd Nelson driver. Is that different? Sorry, is that different than the that one driver? I I fucking have no clue. The, the uh, what does he call that? Oh my God, I know. It's from- not the Southern Destroyer. Uh, the- Southwest, Deep, Deep South Destroyer. Deep South Destroyer. I, no saw, clue, man. I saw that spot with Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that was on. <laughs> that, that was kind of bad. You like, thought, right? You like, hit it those was fucking first, so that, like, I, that, that shit hurts, man. I, I remember one time I hit it <laughs> like my nose and I thought I shattered the shit out of my nose. Like it, those, wow. <laughs> the way he hit it was pretty brutal. I was like, Ooh, ow. Like it was kind of funny though. Seeing the body, like just fly all over the place. Like he's, they didn't know which corner it he was going like, out it of. It looked like a bug. If you think of a bug hitting <laughs> exactly, a yes. windshield. Yes. <laughs> I love it, dude. It was so fucking funny. I can't tell who did it wrong either. It's like, like that, I can't tell if he just thought he was further away or what. It sounded like it looked like they were trying to throw him into a different area than where they just threw Nick. So that way they kind of run two opposite sides of the ring oh, is what it looked yeah, like. But yeah. there's some indecision. And like, yeah, his body kind of looked like, remember that 
TV show, uh, The Wall, where they had to put their body in different contortions. Yeah. Like, that's kind of yeah. what it looked like. All right, Jordan, try to get in this way before you get out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> he was like sideways and shit. It was great. Uh, sorry, Jordan, just had to say it. It was, it was a funny looking spot. Um, oh, no. I, I'm sure he fucking had a laugh about it, too. <laughs> I did like say ouch. So, like, I, I myself, when it happened, I was like, ooh, like face first right into that middle buckle. See how he said middle, MLJ? Not second, mm-hmm. third buckle. We said middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say middle, um, and I, I said something to Emma about that, too. I said, I only use the second rope just to kind of change up my verbiage. Like, if I'm talking constantly about, you know, every now and then I have to change it up to second rope versus See, I'm just bad at the English language, and I my brain works a thousand much times faster than my mouth. So I'll say second, middle, not the top, not the bottom rope. That's what I call it. <laughs> I'm all over. You heard me talking tonight. It's been a fucking mess. <laughs> Anybody that's heard this one tonight better not think that this is my top of the game. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad East West Express first title defenses. Um, I didn't hear at the beginning. Now I kind of want to go back and do it because there's one other thing I noticed when Jordan now defends the JCW title. Uh, MLJ kind of makes an announcement like this is his fourth title defense of the JCW title. And I didn't know if like he's that just made me question now. Like, I wonder if they said this at the beginning of uh, this title run as well. If they're just trying to establish the importance of the JCW title, maybe. I don't know. Because that's what I'm a big stats person. I like the whole wins and loss title defenses. How many times you mm-hmm. defended the belt and against who and stuff like that. I like all those kind of stats and stuff like that. So um, MLJ announced it this weekend. Uh I think it was Jordan's mess against Shiggy, and I thought that was just interesting, and it made me think about maybe I should go back and watch to see if it's been announced at the, yeah. the prior de- defenses or if it ha- has happened in these other title ones, because I haven't really noticed that, if that's the case or if that's just something he's doing now for the JCW title. No clue. Yeah, I don't no know. Clue. Just one little I, thing. No, it's it's a real smart one. Um, I caught that too, but I didn't think about it like you did, but you, you got some good points there. Um. I really hope it just adds to the importance of the title. That's what I think. That's how I view it too. Cause like, I always wonder like how many times, like when you give these stats, like it's awesome. Like when, when the Nick Gage ones of how many times he was the title holder for how many days, like I don't care about the days so much. I, I worry about the title defenses. Cause like someone could be champion for four years, defended at one time because it's like a, like the internet title or like the, yes. the, when PCO was the extreme title holder and had the belt hostage for all these years. Like I, I, I <laughs> just, I, that's what I kind of like. I'm always interested in that though. Cause I, I love it when like, um, in New Japan, they'll say like the 54th title holder, or the 56th champion. I love hearing those kind of things because it shows like how long that belt's been around. And if it's been around that long and only 50, you're one of 54 people that have held it, I think there's a lot of cool stats that could be done with it. Um, and I'm glad that East West Express does retain the championships in their first title defense against the Rejects. Seems like, yeah, they're throwing these tough uh, matchups for first title defenses for Jordan. Mance Warner for the JCW, then some more ultraviolence with the Rejects for the tag titles. Uh, they're throwing throwing the young kids into the fire, as they say. Um, but, yeah, Jordan and Nick are just on a different level with, you, as you said, it being in sync. Like, I've started now notice it, too, where, like, Nick will, like, I, that's, like, the quickest of things, but now I'm looking for it where I see, oh, Nick was on the second row first and then jumped, and then Jordan just got on there, but you see him not go as high, but outwards to kind of land at the same time. Like, the stuff that they've been, the little minute stuff that they've been paying attention to as a tag team, or maybe they're not even paying attention to it, just is happening. It's been pretty fun to see because tag team wrestling is all about being in sync with your partner and being on the same page, and I don't think anybody in GCW right now is, uh, okay, the, the Bang Bros. I think might be the closest right now. 
like and they're really on on like the same wavelength kind of as mm-hmm. the east west express i think based off timing and stuff like that and uh, being in sync with their partners um i know you said before like who do you think there might be building up to the tag the yeah I had actually a different name, different tag team in mind up until right oh, now. Just oh. thinking about it, I'm like, they're kind of building the Bang Bros up to be there. And I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't mind it at all. Uh, my original team I was thinking of was, um, oh my God, the Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers. Um, mm-hmm. Wasted Youth. That's kind of who my first thought was. But then I'm like, ah, they're still like, young and doing it and bang bros they're just they're on another level right now tag team wise and yes. they're the ones that are kind of sticking out to me that might get the next title shot or might as you said they might be building up to having them be the next ones to take it off the east west express i don't know though i kind of expect a little bit more hard key hardcore team like the rejects here to kind of uh take the belts off of nick or nick and jordan i just don't know who at the time i still i still think we need that dragon gate japan belt the open the dream championship belt remember the one i was telling you with the key? oh yeah 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 Dude, just some sort of that they would have done that some... with jordan's belt i gotta look like, into that again the okay it's called the open the dream gate championship it's from dragon gate right now shun skywalker currently holds it that's another Dude, thing it's... we haven't seen in a while oh man Dude, it's it's fucking awesome though, dude. If you wanted to like if you to challenge, you have to be given a fucking key. So the champion is picking his challengers, which is very interesting cuz a heel champion means that he's going to be a pussy about it. Yeah. Too. Uh-huh. But then one day he'll fuck up and give one of the keys out to someone who will whoop his ass, and that's where the writing comes in. That's where the drama comes in. I I like that yeah. concept. I want to see it. I kind uh what company is it? Dragon Gate. Dragon Gate. I want to yeah. see it. I Go to Google and just look up the Open the Dream Gate Championship. Is what it's called. Open the Dream Gate because you're trying to open with the key. So I mean, it even opens with the key. Man, I uh, have it saved here. I do want to start checking. Bro, it, out, it is so fucking awesome. That's that's the one where I really think that um they they did it right. Like that's fucking killer. You get a key and then you've got to fucking beat me for it. Like how fucking cool is that? <laughs> Yeah, there there have been some good there have been some goods uh goods ha there have been some good title holders of this thing especially if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling uh, Yamato's on here Shingo Takagi also Ricochet is on here Sima see that's what was was the I, first th- ever to hold it that's where I was kind of going to go that was one thing I did, made a note of and I deleted and I couldn't remember what I just deleted on my phone was for Shiggy <laughs> going back to Shiggy I just found yeah. out today that. Uh, he's part of the SEMA's group, the Strong Hearts. I thought that was pretty cool because I was really into SEMA when the, he created that OVE, I think it was, or OVW, which was kind of like a Circuit de Soleil slash wrestling, which they were doing some stuff like on Twitch for a while, but it was like incredible. Like we talk about the spot food, kind of like that. It was absolutely spot foolish, but the incredible things that they were doing to kind of incorporate the karate um into the wrestling i thought was very innovative and they were doing some fun stuff but i didn't know shiggy was part of that strong hearts group so that's pretty cool and i just found that out well when um when Simo's over in aew i was really hoping that he was gonna stay and stick over there i don't know if you remember the early days but yep i was there he was one of the people Oh yeah, you were literally there. I was there at the press conference, and they even announced like bringing Seema in. Yeah, and like Seema's like, I'm not coming alone. I'm bringing these two guys in. And one guy had like a weird name, I forgot, but um, and then like I knew of Seema though. But it was shortly right before then was when I saw this OVE stuff happening, and they were doing some crazy shows on like I think it was on Twitch if I remember. That's where I watched it, 
And it was just like acrobatic wrestling times a thousand, which was yep. Cornette probably absolutely hated it. But I, I found myself just watching it and like being impressive how they were doing some crazy looking spots on it. I'm a yeah. big fan of SEMA though, too. I, like you said, I kind of hope SEMA, SEMA seemed uh, the, those three that kind of they brought over with the strong couch was like probably the most ready one to stay in the States because he did have a lot of experience in like ring of honor stuff. Huh. Yeah. I, uh, I really find it interesting that if Brett Lauderdale could wear, could wear um, Tony Khan's head for a day, I feel like with the amount of money, if we had, if we had Tony's money and Brett's pick in people, because he always likes to bring in the people from here, from there, I think I'd like to see Khan do that even more too. Like I'm really surprised he hasn't had more ECW originals come over just to wrestle, just to say he has it in his library. You know, I think he did it at the beginning with bringing in Jake, the snake, like uh, they he took brought, everybody they could in the beginning too. and a lot of managers, yeah. which I like. Cause like, I think managers yep. was one thing that was kind of gone from wrestling where they added a lot to these matches and stuff. The good managers, not just anybody, but like, when they had Terry, uh, not Terry Funk, Jake Roberts be a manager, even Vicky Guerrero. I'm an Arn Anderson. Arn and yeah, Arn Anderson was the next one. Like I really Polly enjoyed Blanchard. that, but now it seems like he's picking the goods off of GCW. Not saying that GCW is the first one to get him, but like he's fought, taking Gringo or Gringo Loco for Ring of Honor, taking Vikingo, taking Commander, Blake Christian, Tony Deppin. Like now he's picking these names that nobody has heard before and putting on some incredible. Not nobody's heard before, but probably the mainstream wrestling audience has heard very little of this person, if at all, other than a clip on Twitter here and there. But I think he's doing a good job of getting some great young foreign talent to have some incredible matchups and matches as well. I think that's what he's kind of doing now, which I enjoy because I think he, as you said, he went and grabbed everybody at the beginning and where they kind of ran out of space. Arn Anderson though made his freaking comeback and is now starting to manage again. That's yeah. I, um, they did. They tried to pull everyone they could from everywhere they could. And I really enjoyed that aspect because they were trying to make things work. Um, Abaddon is one that I still haven't really seen her come out and do much. And I guess she's been developing well. So there's one. I like the House of Black a lot. I like the whole concept. Um, I'm trying to think of her name. She's great as the leader. Julia Hart? Yeah, yeah. she's fantastic. Um, great look for the part too. I think we're going to see CM Punk back on Saturday nights. Did you see that's kind of where everything's going to? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I'll, uh, I'll tell you off podcast. Okay. Like this whole, cause it's, uh, we don't have enough time for me to describe what went through my head for like 15 minutes, but um, I kind of like found like a pretty cool way. And that's if everybody acts like a freaking adult about it, which could be a kind of could help AEW and something I just kind of, but it's got to work together. But if people want to make money, there's a lot of fun shit that they could be doing right now. If not, then it don't matter. But I don't know how I feel about that. Just because of what I read is like, they're going to split the roster of who wants to work with him and who doesn't. It's like, like you're rewarding him. You're letting him have like, for what he did, you're giving him his own show, building it around him, going to give him all this praise. Hey, and you get to work with people that you want to work with. Good. Here, here's yeah. everything for you. While everyone else has to pick up the stra- scraps and still kind of gets all money the talks. Stuff. Yeah, I don't money know. Money talks. If 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 um if somebody was making more money than him, you know, overall, the 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 company, I think it's Time Warner. I forget who it was. Warner Brothers probably would have wanted them instead. Then. Yeah, I mean, if all the money, they could have wrapped it around Kenny 
they could have wrapped it around quite a few people. They said, we want CM Punk as our flagship. I don't know. I've seen Joe Montana go to the Chiefs. So, I mean, some people get put out to pasture. Yeah. I don't know because I'm wondering, because if the Friday night isn't popping, how the hell is the Saturday night show going to pop? Unless they put it in a better time because 10, 11 o'clock at night isn't the best sometimes for... I think it's bad timing and like they're kind of got away from what they were originally using rampage for before rampage was to continue stories and stuff like that. Now they kind of have turned it into it's like own little Friday night show, but not really had a lot of build up to it other than what's just happened on Wednesday, which was like, Oh, we'll fight Friday night. It's like, like that, that's not a build up. Like, I don't know. Lazy yeah. I, I think they like the, the, some of the matchups are cool, but I just think there's gotten away from, what they started off with Rampage having. And if anything, I think, yeah, they shouldn't be adding a totally new show. Just add another hour to Rampage if that's what you want. And if you are going to do this pretty hard brand split of who wants to work with who, then um, that could kind of hurt too. I don't know. I, I like how they have this big roster and like how they're using great talent on Ring of Honor, great talent on Dark and Dark Elevation. And Rampage even like I, we got to see like Aussie Open on Rampage the other night, and I thought like I'm yeah, like, that, that was, was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, so I just I don't know. I I think with the hard brands, it's going to be stupid. I think it's going to be stupid, but I don't know. Like I just, <laughs> I, I, I I'm not a fantasy and punk. Like I was glad when he came his return. I'm like okay, I'm glad you're like you're getting your cheers in Chicago. Like you kind of yeah. deserve this good stuff good stuff even though like i do think he is an asshole i don't know much i so i met him once in person he told me fuck off and that was it so that was enough for me to oh nice be guy down with him. yeah exactly i guess because i wow. called him phil instead of cm punk i don't know i said hey cm punk oh. or phil like i don't know what to say because he was like this was like four months after wrestlemania like this was right after where he walked out of the company and i oh, thought so like, he was a, stressed out i Shit. saw him at a at a 7-eleven he was like i held a door open for him like i was going into that 7-eleven grab a gatorade he was on like a jog because he had like the armband with the ipod and stuff and the headphones mm-hmm. in and like he was walking out with the drink and i was like oh hey and i looked up i'm like oh shit like hey See a Phil, like I didn't know what to say. He's like, "Fuck you," and like, fuck, or, "Fuck you or fuck off," and then just kept on jogging down. I'm like, "Alrighty <laughs> then, okay, nice to meet you too." So, I don't know. Like, I, maybe he got harassed by a couple fans beforehand. I'm not gonna Possibly. say. Possibly could have been about it. So, what you should have done? Here's how I would have handled that. Tripped I would have gotten a large soda. Should have tripped. Him. Plastic bottle, plastic bottle, and you just loosen the cap. You find out which way he walked. He he jogged. And you just go drive, right? And then when you see him on the side of the road, you just fucking launch that bottle at him and you hope like <laughs> hell he gets soaked with it. And then his attitude will match his new outfit. Well, I was walking, unfortunately, because it was common. Yeah, was walking. fuck him. But uh, yeah, he can't wrestle. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't I throw actually... sodas. I okay, throw pennies so, outside my window, though. So my side of it is I'm not really big on... That's funny. I'm not really big on like politics mixed with entertainment too much. So I'm not really on that. Um, and I don't do that with any politics period. So if anybody ever asks, I, I just don't do that stuff. Um, why? So I just like to watch the flips. Um, yeah, I've seen that. And then I've seen that he does get, he does seem to be pretty pissy and pretty angry. And that could be like a mental issue. That could be like, he just has a short fuse. I get it. If that's how it is, I get it. He may just be quick to anger, which it kind of sounds like part of it was. And then frustration boiling over, which it seems like he gets frustrated easy. 
honestly, he could probably use a joint or two, and he'd probably relax a little bit because it seems like he's very high strung. Like he always looks stressed and tired. Yeah, and I think he just always feel like he's getting attacked, which I get it. I mean, I'm not in the public well, eye. Well, to, to a thief, the world is full of thieves. So if he's yeah. getting attacked all the time, chances are he feels defensive about something. I, he was the one who kind of started out the whole all-out stuff. I know I don't want to get too much into it because it is AEW, but he was the <laughs> one who started it all, kind of like bringing it to everyone's attention when the question wasn't even asked about it. But he saw somebody that he thought was talking about, and he was the one who brought it up and started on. He said something like any other person could not say right in front of your boss. Like, I wish I could sit in front of my boss. Like, you can't even fucking run a Walmart, but you want to run into school? Like... You kidding me? Right. Like, I, like, and he's saying that I right in front of Tony. Part, I think he's somewhere invested in the business. Uh, he, I think he's getting a piece of AEW, yeah. Because there'd be number one, no way that anyone can talk like that. But number two, I think to bring CM Punk in, he must have offered something large, just like he offered EVPs. You know, you're important. You get this important job, even though it, you know, means some creative stuff and whatnot. But he probably did the same thing to Punk. He's like, I'll give you whatever. Come in. We need you. You're gonna make us millions yeah it works see if i had but to pick sides talks, i'm on he's like elite see and then for me <laughs> not even knowing the whole story i'm just like a big elite fan and not no, okay that's see because for me i'm looking at it like this they went to his locker room not the other way around but they just but not only that it was a whole crew when you bring a whole group of people to someone's locker and then at least one or ten of them start yelling at you a defensive man's going to get defensive. But they had a reason to yell at him. What just happened? Like he just buried everybody yeah. right in, fr yeah. in front of the public, and they—it's not like he could come out and defend himself. Like that, right. I go back right. to the whole promo that he cut on Hangman when he came back. Like months later, he just came out. Come on, Hangman, come back out. It's like you know, what no shit, about? he's not going to come out because he's not supposed to. But now you just totally fucking buried him, and you know of course everyone's going to be mad at you because he got called out on. Or he thought he was getting called out on the whole. Colt Cabana thing with Hangman's promo in Vegas. Yeah. Like, yeah. So there was some liberties taken. I don't know. He got mad and whatever. I'm done. I see. You're going to hate me. You're going to hate me. I'm not a Hangman Page fan. I'm not either. I'm, I, I don't think that his, his championship run was defined by his opponents, not by him. See, That's for me, I don't think I he was it. ready to be. I don't think he is world champion. No, not at all. In my head. Like, He's not. He, he improved he, a lot. He can't talk as well. Well, yeah, yeah. When I saw, saw him in Ring of Honor, like he was not like he just still had like the whole rope and stuff. And I didn't like this was before he joined Bullet Club. Even I never got Adam Page. I was like, OK, he did. a He does a cool shooting star press to the outside and he does a cool front flip lariat. Like that was it. Like I never really got him. And then like he's gotten so much better in AEW and he has improved. But I don't think he should have mm -hmm. been in title holder at all, especially to beat Omega for it. I guess it played into the whole storytelling of why. But I still think it was kind of forced. And that one is kind of like, hey, that's like a buddy, buddy. That's why you're champion kind of thing. I hate yeah. like no offense, Adam Payton. You don't listen to shit, but I'm just saying, yeah, like, right. I don't think, I think he's tremendous, but I don't think he's world title material in that company. Dude, there's so much, there's so much fat to cut at that company. It's incredible. Like we were saying before, you got Orange Cassidy, right? And then there's the 19 assholes that come out with him. I don't care about any of them. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. I love, oh, I love oh, the best okay. friends. I love Dan. Housen. Okay, so they hug. They hug. Well, that's the th okay. There's another problem. They turned Dan Housen into a complete joke, like right up front. They probably should have done some promos with him, and you know, they they stuck him right out into joke land right from the beginning. 
you could have taken him semi-serious just for a little bit, then put him into, but they put him right into that joke phase. But I mean, yeah, some of the guys, I, for me, best friends, I'm like, they hug. I just don't think they got the time because yeah, you know, they were they were killing in New Japan. That's why I really love Trent Beretta was in New Japan and well, Chuck kind of grew on They me. got toned down. Yeah, I felt like they got toned down when they came over here. And all the teases back then, before they even went to AW, they were breaking up the best friends. Like it seemed like the the whole time yes. in New Japan and Ring of Honor, we're breaking up, we're breaking up, and then oh AW, like oh we're staying together. I'm like okay, I, I don't I don't <laughs> mind it because I think they do belong better to, as a tag team than individuals. Yes, so, yes, I agree. Yeah, I think. It's like with Orange Cassidy, his wrestling saves his gimmick because once you've seen it, you kind of seen it. Uh, he's been on a roll. Like, I don't think anybody's yeah, his having, wrestling is so fucking good. He's having incredible matchups with everybody every week right now. All right. It stays that way. Good for him. Okay. Yes. 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 yes, yes. So the East <laughs> no, West listen. Express was our winner. They were our winners. Yes. Good first title Chicken defense. Dinners. Um, I don't think they announced the second title. Oh, oh wait. Yeah, they have. Oh, that's that three way, I think, against the Rejects and Macisos, if I'm not mistaken i'll have oh, to really? go back and try to find that yeah nice but you want me to do some memorable moments or where do you want to yep. where do you want to go here we can end off of red means green a great main event and yeah i think we should hop into memorable moments all right then you want to go first you want me to go first uh you could go first okay Get mine together. all right so here's what i have i have axton being back in black i think he's finding his character he's got the athleticism and look I think he needs time to show who he is and what he is all about. I did like seeing both Keith and Tankman. I want to see more of both of them. I felt fortunate to see Gilbert and Rich out there doing their thing at their ages. Myron Reed versus Blake Christian and the potential between those two. And then that SGC match was just brutal. I enjoyed it a lot. That's really just nice and easy. It was a very, it was a very average show, and that's what I got out of it. I'm I'm dying, man. I'm so sorry. I'm like, well, what do I really say? I, yeah, that's what I got out of this. Yeah, I think that. Sorry, I think this was a good show. It wasn't like you said. It wasn't above. Like I think this weekend, uh, the Lander show was a a show. It was up there. Um, Yeah, that one definitely felt like a very well ran show and very good show. Way better. Like not saying that this one was bad, but I think it was uh, way better than this one. Um. My memorable moments for this show was I love seeing the team of Accident Gringo. Definitely would like to see them again. Um, Bang Bros, once again, killing it in tag team action. Can't wait to see what's to come of them in the GCW tag title scene. Brian Keith versus Tankman was everything I hoped for. Just two brutal strikers, and they had some crazy, crazy uh, strikes in this match in contact. And I, I love these two. I want to see more of them as well. Um, Blake Christian against Myron Reed. Glad to see Myron Reed killing it in one-on-one against Blake Christian. Same thing with him and Keith and Tankman. I want to see more of him in GCW. Macisos against Jimmy Lloyd and Shane Mercer. Glad to see Los Macisos uh, get the victory. And love slashed intrigued by the team of Jimmy Lloyd and Shane Mercer. Uh, kind of would hope to see maybe more of them. I just want to see Shane Mercer and Jimmy Lloyd both used way more often than we have been. Uh, Hillbilly Jed kind of stepping out during that four-way uh, match for the locals uh, in that scramble. I enjoyed it. SGC having a chaotic SGC match, and with Billy Billy Rock and Cole Radrick, Shiggy getting the victory over Tony Deppen, leading into his match with Jordan Oliver and Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne keeping the tag team titles and defending it for the first title defense going against the team of the rejects and great start to the tag team title run. I, like you said, I'm very interested to see what happens, especially with Jordan with two titles. Like, I don't know, like 
<laughs> having two titles just makes it seem like he's going to lose one or the other sooner. And I kind of hope that doesn't happen, but I think that's just inevitable at this point. So what I'm thinking is uh, these next two shows we're going to review, I feel like they're almost makeup shows. Like GCW kind of stepped it up because these last two shows, this one and the one before, they were a little not as strong. And these next two that just happened are like, they seem like really fucking amazing. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, basically reviewing these next two shows coming up because wow, Twitter just blew up on the Orlando show. Yeah. I, like I said, I I told you, I watched an hour of him. Like, this is awesome. I looked down like an hour, but there's only been an hour of content. And like, I'm, there's two more hours until I love this. Like, this is incredible. I think this was too. Also, this is a kind of like the, the calm down from the collective. These, these were the first two shows, uh, at the Evansville Coliseum and, um, at pops. These were the first two shows since the collective. So obviously it's going to be a little downtime, a little kind of find your footing, get back into the groove of things as you just had a crazy and exhausting weekend two weeks ago. So I don't hate it. I get it. They still had fun stuff during this match. And I think the crowd came away, uh, happy watching these two shows. And, um, I, I think those I think the come up and the pickup though for Atlanta show and this show was amazing. Can't wait to talk about Commander versus Vikingo. That was a Shit. fun match. Yeah, and definitely Orlando. I a lot of things happened in Orlando that uh, I think we would have fun talking about. Oh, we will be. That's for damn yes. sure. And we're gonna try to get those ones out this week. Like I said, um, I'm looking at a probable Thursday. No. Yeah, Thursday release. Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah, Thursday release for the Atlanta show, Into the Light, and then um, uh, what was the other show that they just had? Uh, Scene of the Crime, the Orlando show, will probably be released on Saturday. That's the tentative schedule right now um, for this podcast and for us to kind of catch up, and that will give us a week there before the next GCW shows at Bamboozled Weekend where we will figure out what we do and what we kind of make up for then as well. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Whatever it takes, man. Yes. Um, same thing as always. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're seeing numbers go up and up, and that matters to us because we're doing everything just for free, for fun. So kind words and people who pay attention and, and just give a little love and positivity matters so much. I got messages that were coming in on Twitter while we were sitting here going, when are you guys going to video? Yeah. Eventually we will be going to video. We're slow moving dinosaurs. We like to try to make sure we got everything right up front and we've practiced this part. It's on to eventually the next part. We just have to get it all together to do it. Yeah. It'll be exciting. That's my buddy biz. Who's uh, trying to keep on every, he's harassing me too. When we're going to go to video, I said, we're almost there. We're almost there. I'm thinking on the one year we'll be there. Yeah, a lot of I, a lot of people yeah, with don't... the kind words. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Like, just want to say thank you no. again because we have one way more kind words too this week, and um, we just always want to make sure that we do show our appreciation. If we do, don't say it at one show or another. We always do appreciate every little piece of feedback that we get online, and it's been fun and incredible seeing the nice comments made to us and people suggesting our podcast to someone else to listen to. It's been kind of crazy to see too. Yeah, you know, that little bit of growth has helped, too. We got people from other podcasts saying, hey, come listen to us as much as we can. We've had um, GC Dub, their podcast has been, you know, really good. They're doing a monthly show. Big Mo, he's doing his show out there. There's quite a few people that hit us up all the time. Hey, nice job. We do our best, too. We hit them back. Hey, 
nice job. We make sure we listen to them and be supportive as possible. I'm caught up on a couple podcasts that they just support us. We just support them back. So, um, yeah, I just felt it was nice to say thank you again. We do have performers getting a hold of us, all kinds of people, and we're really thankful for that. We literally live off of those things. Sometimes I'm having a bad day and someone will get a hold of me and say, hey, I heard your fucking episode. This was awesome. This was awesome. Thank you so much for being supportive. And boom, my day is fucking set. Like just to hear someone say something nice. We live off those things. No shit. Literally no money, no food. We're getting, we're doing it for love. We're getting love back. We appreciate that. Yeah. I just had like one of those days last week where I texted my wife throughout the day. I'm like, I'm going crazy. This is awful. Tell, yeah. tell her everything. She's yeah. like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'll tell you later. It's too much right now. Then like later after that text, I get a message from one of the talent saying like, oh, thanks for the shout out. You guys did awesome covering this. I was like, wow, that's so cool. And then I get home, like my wife's like, hi, right, so what happened at school? I was like, so I tell her like, hell, this guy shouted us out and it was awesome. She's like, is that the bad thing? I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot about the bad thing because yeah, uh, yeah. nice positive words uh, totally changed my mood for the rest of the days. But yeah, I always want to do say thank you because I know there might be some times we forget to with everything going on. And as you all have listened to, my brain goes way faster than my mouth. So I'll start a thought and forget it. And then it's gone forever. So then want to make sure oh, now while I'm you thinking about me, it. <laughs> dude, you saw me stumble all fucking night. I actually went on like, ooh, butterfly two or three times. Like, it just happens, man. Um, what was the name tonight? I totally forgot the name we were having troubles with. What's that? What was the uh, name? Oh, oh, shit. Who were you having? I oh, know, you. That's, I was having issues with Ibushi, and then I had issues with, uh, oh, shit. It was, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll be hearing it about seven <laughs> different times when, when, you, when you edit it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, whoa, for us, I mean, I just got my hotel room for LA. So June 17th, um, we're both going to be in LA for that show. And then Vegas is going to be coming up. That's the end of May. I think May 26th, we're both going to be at that show too, but yeah. Okay. So what's going on basically for anybody who is still sitting here listening is we're going to be approaching a year in the next couple months and we've put on a lot of work. And it's just a lot of love. So if you're in the Patreon group, feel free to let them know there is a fucking GCW podcast out there that is putting out a lot of content that would love to do some work for them for free. We'd love to do what we can to help out to make sure that company gets marketed so that the fan base gets um, something to do, some, you know, some reinforcement and um, we're willing to help out. So at this point, you know, it was demand Lucha. Maybe you need to demand the plants at some point. But um, yeah, we're open for business, man. Anytime, feel free to mention this to whomever. We're ready to get to a point here soon where we're going to be doing some more growth. And we've got to start taking the next steps here. And um, we're just going to get better at this eventually. Eventually and hopefully, right? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, our hearts are in the right place and we want to do good things for the company we love. So hopefully down the road, we can find ourselves doing something with them. For right now, though, we're we're unofficial and we're we're waiting to maybe have some conversations the next time we go to some of these shows and see some people. But like I said before on this last show, talent love us. Everyone fucking loves us. We're just waiting to hear from one maybe two people and um, we would love to be your official podcast at some point, but until then we're just going to keep here and just keep fucking going until we get it right. 
Yes, and we can um, show them our improvement right now with our exit. Mm -hmm. I know we've been practicing our exit pretty good here. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the good part. Ready? <laughs> All right. Okay. Long. Long. Oh, fuck. Li oh, Live. We were on a, such a good pace. No, that was that was that was that was real good. Okay. G <laughs> C W W 